Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live from somewhere high up in them thar hills, I tells ya, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight, the gang goes deep into the forest to discuss a double feature of grizzly bear horror, starting with the 1976 classic, Grizzly, followed by 2014's not-so-classic, Backcountry. I hope the boys brought their shotguns, although I think they're more likely to just shotgun a bunch of beers pass out and end up as tiny drunken chunks in a big pile of bear shit. Am I right? Yeah, you know I'm right. Well, anywho, tonight they'll be smoking the War Bear Cigar from Paul Stanny, paired with two tasty beer offerings from Bear Republic Brewing Company. Sounds like this is going to be one camping trip you don't want to miss, folks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, boys, but it's been kind of a crazy, hectic week here, so you fellas will have to forgive me if I did the bare minimum as far as my preparation for tonight's show. I'm just saying, go easy on me if uh, if I do some slip-ups. Keep your claws to yourself. <laughs> you guys can be real barbarians. <laughs> really? You're doing this. This is This is where we're going. Okay, okay. Let me get my bearings here. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 101. It's been a while since our last show. I can actually barely remember episode 100 for some reason. I don't know why. This is unbearable. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're thinking, Tut. This dude's done 100 of these damn things, and he can't open the show with something better than a bunch of damn bear puns. Uh, well, you get what you pay for, motherfuckers. Uh, speaking of it, of that, you folks listening at home, it's been a while since we were here. Did you miss the soothing sound of my baritone voice while we were gone? <laughs> uh, Todd, I can't bear this any longer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, 
I'm Maybe tonight's show has a bear theme, huh? The only bear I want is bear titties. Bear titties. <laughs> bear titties. And that was the best one of them all. I worked for like eight hours on all those bear puns, and that's the best one? <laughs> Just because he said titties? Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. Now, welcome, everybody. Uh, like I said, episode 101. We're back in the corner of No Hope after uh, our big 100th episode up at O'Brien's Irish Pub in historic downtown Temple, Texas. It's good to see you guys. Yeah. Yak Boy, yeah. it's good to see you back in the homeland. It is. Uh, how long were you overseas? Uh, seven days. Yikes. Week. Germany. Did you make it to Austria? I did not. Didn't? We- unfortunately, weather was not permitting. Okay. So it did rain, so that we had we had planned to to go towards Austria. Uh, we wanted to visit the Eagle's Nest, but unfortunately, because of it raining, they will not let you go up the mountain. Is that a bar? No. Oh. <laughs> no, that was. Might think that. It was yes, Hitler's yes, it uh, headquarters. It was Hitler, a oh. it was a mountain retreat uh, okay. built for his fiftieth birthday. Oh wow! Do they serve drinks? No. No. Liberated by the uh, 101st Airborne at the end of Band of Brothers, I believe. Easy company. You guys are our history experts. Doctor? Doctor, good to see you. Great uh, well, uh, to see you, too. It was a great trip. If you guys follow us, our Instagram stories, we post a bunch yeah, of uh, yak, cool pictures, yak boys drink, <sighs> drink his ass off all so over the place. So much delicious beer. If you want <laughs> bread and beer, go to Germany. Had some good cigars? I did. Had a Cuban or two, I saw. I did. Um... I'm just really jealous of you right now, and I, I don't want to look at you anymore. Doctor, switch seats with him. Eh, it's too late. Right? I won't tell you about all of the delicious Cubans that were there. Uh, How many I smoked, one after the other. Kept sending me pictures of Benjamin, and I was like, that's enough. You, you've had enough. Uh, uh, was, he, was he one of those guys that's like, is this any good? Is this any good? No, even, no, though no. He, even though he knows, you're like, oh, you motherfucker. No, no, no. He, he, he knew it was good, and he just sent me pictures, and I shared them with, with you out there. Um, by the way, if you're not following our Instagram stories or us on Facebook, you, you should. You really should. We're running a contest right now. It'll be over by the time this airs. But we're starting to do a little more interactive stuff on there. So get on. Tut, give us some links at the start of the show when you're not slurring. That's no fun. I put him on the spot. He's freezing. At TNCC underscore podcast, if you want to take advantage uh, of those. That's Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, join us at Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh, YouTube. Man, this feels so weird. Tuesday Night Cigar Club. It feels weird saying yeah. it like not slurred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just like. Okay. Well, I thought I'd try something new. I will not make that mistake again. Uh, no, 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 no. It's good. It's good. I'll, I'll adapt and okay. overcome. What I'll, if we're smoking some cigars that sound good to you and you want to buy some? Oh, if you want to do that, man, why don't you head over to our website, TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, click on the uh, Famous Smoke Shop banner, and then uh, guess what? If you enter the purchase code TNCC20 at checkout, you will get $20 off any purchase over 100 bucks. So you do the math. 20%. I just, I, I'm back in a math course for the first time in 27 years. Yeah. So let me tell you this. If you spend $100 and you get 20 of it back, that's like 20%. We've got a new nickname for Tut since he's, since he's taking all these math courses now. Because you've always been Yak Boy, and we got the doctor, and you were just always Tut. Copernicus. Copernicus. <laughs> I, I don't know about this. No? Uh, Cap. Uh, no? Cappy? Uh, I don't even know if he had something to do with math. I'm, I'm not smart. I believe he was an astrologer. Oh. We're going to have math for astronomy. Hey, Pythagoras. 
Pythagoras. That dude had shit to do with math and stuff like that. <laughs> the Pythagorean leg theorem. Without one leg in front of the other, you will get nowhere. How you like them apples? I, I would that, like some apples because that would make more sense than what you are talking about. Uh, you know, apples can be quite tart. Can they? They can. You know what else can be quite tart? Our beer this evening. It can be. Cat Boy, why don't you tell us? Let's switch it up a little bit. Episode 101, There's No Rules. Why don't yeah. you introduce our first beer of the night, the tart one? Well, it's the... Oh, you need another one. To, yeah. uh, you need another one, the Cappy. Oh. I'm sorry. Pythagorean. Oh. This one is from our wonderful friends at... I'll just call you Nerdface. At Bear Republic Brewing. Bear Republic. Oh, Bear Republic. Bear Republic. More references to bears. I wonder why. Yes, the Sonoma uh, Tart. Hey, does Kate shit in the woods? I did that <laughs> once, remember? But, you, you did. Oh, we are all the, just showing our bear asses. It was the fajita omelet from Jim's at 3 oh, in the morning. I made Yak Boy pull the blazer over in the side of the woods. Luckily, you had that roll of toilet paper handy if for you some don't have, reason. What do you mean handy? You, if you don't have a roll of toilet paper in your vehicle, you're not, you're not I, prepared. I ran into the woods, and I... I Somebody probably thought a bear did shit in the woods with uh, all that grunting and <laughs> scratching and noises. Sweating. What I can't understand is why we all went back the next morning to look at it. Yeah, we went back the next day like, I gotta see this. <laughs> hey, we're kids. Kids do crazy things. Uh, yeah. Like eat at gyms. <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> no, it was a while ago. I'm sorry. Uh, the beer. The beer yak way. Yes, Bear Republic Brewing. Uh, I'm gonna guess California. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's their symbol, the bear. Uh, They uh, established in 95 by uh, third and fourth generation Sonoma County residents, the Norgrove family. They uh, set up shop and uh, originally, you know, it was was a brew pub and and has done so well over the years. It still is, but they have expanded to to being, you know, just a, a... having their own brewery and they uh, uh, in 06 they opened what they, they called the Factory 5 Brewing in Cloverdale, California okay. which is just uh, 15 miles north of their original brew pub in uh, Hilds, Hildsburg uh, okay. in uh, 2017 uh, Bear Republic was recognized by the Brewers Association as the 42nd largest craft brewer in the United States, mm. so, okay. and this the wonderful Sonoma Tart is uh, it is a sour golden ale with just a hint from guava and passion fruits. Guava, that's what I was thinking. Passion those, those, fruit. Those are on the bottle. You can yeah. see them there. They're there. Oh, I know. I thought it was an eggplant. This is why we don't let you do beer. <laughs> so a, a wine country beer. Yeah. Well. I'll Sonoma. say this, it's the first uh, sour I've ever liked. We what? actually have been sipping on them a little bit pre-show. Uh, that tart is so pronounced about the first third, especially on the, the initial sips. But boy, the more you get through that first goblet, it really recedes. And it's just kind of this, it, this 
Pretty good. Really, really kind of crisp. It's apple juice. That tart. Well, we all said it had a sweet tart, like the candy no, you had as a kid. It does. It's got like a pink. Doctor, you nailed it as the. By the pink. time you're on goblet number ten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I know we always say the more you. But I'm serious. The first pint, that that tartness yeah. was was right there initially. Like, oh, well, I don't know about this, but boy, it. it it doesn't last long as it as it settles. Yeah, y'all saw my face. I was like, uh-uh, I'm not going to be into this beer yeah, at all. By the bottom, uh, you were okay. Sure it had a beautiful pour, a gorgeous. I pour. Hate to tell you this, but uh, you hit me with the other one. Yeah, hit me with the other one too. <laughs> uh, we're doing two beers tonight, and I accidentally grabbed ours off the wrong shelf. Uh, do you you want to go ahead and introduce the other beer? Well, Since it we're is drinking uh, now. <laughs> 101 episodes. We still can't get this shit right. Well, back to the the Sonoma Tart. Uh, okay. It's 5.2. Uh, ABV and okay. of course being a sour, it only has a 17 IBUs. So I'm trying to remember from when I was drinking that 10 minutes ago, I remember very low bitterness. Yes. <laughs> uh, now I'm. But of course now a, I'm getting quite a bit of bitterness. Out now of this you one. are <laughs> drinking the hop shovel. It's just shoveling hops in my mouth. It is because it is seven and a half percent and a hundred IBUs. No, it's not a hundred IBUs. It's high, but it's not 100. Look, I've got it in writing. <laughs> I've got it. I'll in put it in somewhere in the 80s plus. I would say low, high 70s. High 70s? Yeah. I'm going 80s plus, You know what? Plus, I'm yeah. just going to call you, the Republic. Tell are you are. No, no, no. Don't, 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 don't use my name. Are you arguing with Yax, who's done his research? I'm just, these people tend to inflate these numbers a little bit, and I, I think as a world-renowned beer expert, I've kind of got a... You're Matt a world-renowned beer expert. Matt for you. I'm sorry? Mister? You're a world-renowned beer expert. Mister? I'm sorry? Did somebody say something about... I think he said you're a world-renowned beer expert. Well, thank you, doctor. That no, was a question. Uh, no, you literally said you're a world-renowned beer expert. In the form of a question. What kind of hops are in this bad you know boy? I'm out of here, too. This one, <laughs> uh, Hop Shovel, is... Cascade Hops, I bet. No. Hop 233. Uh, Galactic Hops? God, I wish. No, no, no. Oh. Corinthian Hops. I don't even know if there are Corinthian Hops, but I wish there were, because that just sounds great. Mm. Right, I'm sorry. Real Corinthian hops. We'll, we'll, we'll let you. We'll let you finish. I'm sorry. Uh, the hops are Mosaic, Meridian, and Denali. 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 I was, Denali. I was catching that mosaic. Um, <laughs> giving you all of that delicious aroma and flavor. It is a very good IPA. It's hoppy, which I like. Yeah. It's uh, it's refreshing. Um, boy, it does have a nice bitterness. Um, but uh, it's crisp. It, it's got kind of the the crispness of a. Wait, it, well, it just doesn't. There's something about it that doesn't. Tell me why. Tell me what I'm experiencing. You're gonna give me more. Oh no, I was I was oh. waiting for you to. <laughs> well, I would love to be able to say, oh, I could tell you what it is because I haven't okay, tasted. Okay. I'm drinking delicious Sonoma tart. <laughs> right. You know, I'm gonna get back to the tart. We said we were gonna start with the tart. Hold on. You just really couldn't help yourself. And he's back. <sighs> Episode 101. My first chugged beer of the new millennium. I told you I wasn't smart. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, uh, that tracks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour a, a tart next to get back on track. Tell you're stuck. I'm sorry. But I'll do a better job of bartending as we, as we no, move we'll on. We'll find out about okay. these beers. We'll... we'll Figured out, but it also from Bear Republic, they're well known for their Racer Five IPA. Oh, okay. I'm as well I as heard the, of that one. the Hop Rod, and for some of their uh, seasonal beers, uh, look for the Galaxy Surfer or the Viking Beach Party. 
Does okay. the Viking have horns on his helmet? I, I didn't see a bottle. I okay, think. okay. I think the actual bottle has horns on it. Wait a minute, didn't didn't our Viking beer have horns on it? It did. Keith had a big. So I'm just doctor. I'm, did you know this is a history expert? Keith Howe, when he sat in with us, we had a Viking beer, and he said one of the things that always bothered him is an armorer who sold armor and uh, Vikings never put horns on their helmets ever, and. It was it, in battle. It was, it was, you know, it's the last thing you'd want are these huge horns on your helmet, weighing you down, and people could grab them and like nobody ever did that, but they looked good. And he's like, when he went and sold at Renaissance fairs his helmets and stuff, he could buy a pair of thirty dollar horns and stick them on his two hundred dollar helmet and sell it for four hundred with the horns on. Interesting. I wonder where that uh, came from. Yeah, I don't. We didn't get that far. It was in hour three. I'm just saying that people from the Viking homeland put horns on that helmet. It's okay. You didn't say that when Keith was here. I right. wonder if that was like leisure <laughs> wear. <laughs> like in battle, you didn't have horns on for obvious reasons. Yeah. When you're sitting around, you're sitting you know, around. You know <laughs> pillaging and drinking and having some fun, you just you know put the... Yeah. I've got like, hag- vel- like Velcro horns. Yeah. Stick I've got hag- Well, actually, what I really think it is because they, they usually drank from horns. Oh, just... So they probably said, wait a second, if only there was some place I could put this these the when I'm not... This is the first beer helmet. I think we just solved a, an age-old Icelandic riddle. And then they were looking around, hey, what, what's Sven doing over there with those horns on his helmet? That's pretty badass. Or if he's hungry, blows it. Dinner time. Mm. The women know to start making his supper. That's not me being sexist, that's how it was back then. <laughs> you say yeah. so. If a man got caught making supper, they'd chop his head off. And Little did they know one day their football team would be located in Minnesota. <laughs> Which is pretty much Sweden. Yeah, with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. <laughs> what a disgrace. It's, it's kind of like They'll Sweden. soon find themselves under the bear claw of the Chicago Bears, just like everybody else in their division. Bear down. Bear down, baby. <laughs> hey, work that in there. Do we actually have bear claws? No, no I actually wanted to do the show in a giant grizzly bear costume, but it's still kind of hot. And yeah. I asked the doctor if every 15 minutes, if I got the suit, if he would dump ice in my crotch. And he said no. You should have asked me, because I would have totally done it. You'd have to come all the way around the tail. He was very detailed about how he wanted the ice oh, dumped, oh, where oh, he wanted yeah, to dump. There was a system. There was, uh, yeah, it was probably, going, that's probably yeah. a smart That's probably yes. a smart a system. I'm hoping the snowmatar can make that go away. <laughs> <laughs> It just got more tart. Okay, so we got some interesting beers. Uh, I'm going to pour another tart here in a minute. Uh, but yeah, uh, the tart definitely dies down after that first. Or Doctor, you said it totally does. You really liked it. Uh, or man, put words in. You, you you agreed with us that the tart, <laughs> while initially was like, whoa, that's tart. You actually said that like, whoa, that's tart. It was the very first sip was like a, a pink sweet tart. But then, as you pointed out, that does really go away. It's an enjoyable beer. It is. It is. We're still kind of in the in the warm stuff here in Central Texas, 90s today. Um, so they do they do do a black bear. I think it's like a grizzly stout or something yeah. that looked interesting and would have gone well, but uh, it was currently unavailable. Plus, I mean, just we, it's still. It's still uh, August in Central Texas. We don't need to be doing stouts yet. No. Big, dark, warm beer. <laughs> milk was a bad choice. Milk stout was the wrong... Grizzly bear milk stout was the wrong choice. You're going to feel enveloped like the warm fur <laughs> of a big grizzly bear. I believe it's envelope. <laughs> You're going to envelope on a... Uh, no, I can't. 
Was that your Trace Atkins? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I bet he's been in a movie with a grizzly bear. <laughs> you know he has. You know he has. All right. So those are our beers. Thank you, Yak Boy. I'm actually going to come back to you very shortly. Uh, I gave you a special assignment for tonight. Oh, yes. Go easy on him, guys. I, I put a lot on Yak Boy's shoulders this week. Um, and it goes... His special assignment involves tonight's cigar. I see Tuck puffing on that cold draw. Let's get right to it. As it was you know, bearable. Every <laughs> uh, tonight's cigar... Every What do we do every week, Doc? We talk about... Beer, cigars, movies. Who else does that? Nobody else. Nobody else. The cigar night. I passed. The <laughs> you sure did, man. I'm s- I'm gonna apologize ahead of time. We- we're always criticized horribly for our pronunciations. Pronunciations. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I tried. Pronunciations. I I did as best I could with the resources I had available to me to. This is the Voitech. It is spelled W-O-J-T-E-K, but I believe it's pronounced, uh, the Polish pronunciation is Wojtek. But we will call it its other name, the War Bear. The War Bear. The War Bear Cigar by Poshaya Cigars, which is spelled Paustani. Paustani. But I believe that's pronounced Poshaya. I don't know how to pronounce it, so I think you just nailed it. If I didn't, I'm sure Skip or Mike, the cigar hustler, will <laughs> let, let me know. Uh, it is a 5x50 Perfecto-shaped cigar. The wrapper's Ecuadorian Habano and Mexican San Andres. That's beautiful. Uh, it's a barber pole. You can see the the black Mexican San Andres uh, strip going around. It's an Indonesian binder, which we've gotten some cool stuff from Indonesian tobacco in the past. Filler, Nicaraguan Condega, Jalapa, Esteli, Lajero along with some Dominican Criollo. Uh, this is made in the at Skip Martin's factory, the Fabrica de Tobacos Nica Sueño. Right. Uh, so that's where all the Poshaya uh, cigars are made. Uh, they're by Skip's team. I'm going to say price point for last, as always. Yeah. I asked Mike over at Cigar Hustler. He owns a store uh, in Florida, a, a lounge and shop called Cigar Hustler, and uh, I asked Mike, who we met, actually, get this, Doctor, three years ago today, we oh, wow. did our first thing, Our first, Skip Martin just opened up the Romacraft new headquarters, and we went down there to watch Heat, yeah, and yeah. do a show, it came up on my, fa- August 28, 2016 is when we did that. Christ, that was three years ago? And we <laughs> met <know. laughs> And we met Mike, the cigar hustler, there. Yeah, I remember that. And he that. gave us his very first blend, the first, uh, just the Poshaya. I'm just going to kind of bad because I was just Pastani. Pastani. He gave us one that day. It was, Sorry, it was really good. I got the Habano, I believe. But it came up in our uh, Facebook memories today, and I'm like, holy shit. Three years to the day. Now we're yeah. smoking his, his latest. So I asked him, tell us a little bit about it. I could go grab your press release or something, but, you know, give us something. Just save me some time. And he was nice enough to do that. Here's what he said. It's special to me because it's made in the greatest factory in the history of cigar manufacturers. I named it War Bear because my number one employee told me the story about the War Bear, so I wanted to make it. It's a great story. It's probably the greatest blend I've created. 
And because TNCC exudes awesomeness, they will agree. Oh, well, how flattery do you will get you everywhere. Nowhere. No, with uh, with me, it'll get you everywhere. You gotta agree with Ted there. I like Mike's confidence, and I like Mike. He's a good dude. But as a world-renowned cigar expert, did he tell you the story of War Bear? I will not let my liking of Mike cloud my judgment when reviewing the cigar. Did he tell me the story of the War Bear? No, he just said he loved the story. So I asked Cody to tell me the story of the War Bear. <laughs> so we have a, a War Bear story. I actually did. Just I was just I wanted to get a. It's a really cool little story. Briefly tell us about the War Bear. Bear that went to war. Oh hell yeah! No, actually, no, it was, was a killed. bear. He was killed right off the boat. That's a good story. No, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Wojtek, uh, actually, it is a uh, the more of a Polish slang, uh, uh, basically meaning a happy warrior. Okay. Uh, Wojtek was a Syrian brown bear uh, when the Polish regiment was moving through there during World War Two. Uh, they happened to go through a village and of course it being devastated from the war uh, you know people were looking to you know trade and do things like that and they happened to come across a, a people that were selling a bear a little bear cub so uh, they, they just kind of took to it and they, they bought it and kind of became their mascot uh, took it with them as they as they uh, marched through and they, you know, basically raised it, uh, you know, and, and just sort of took care of it and everything else. And it was, uh, you know, became a, they actually made it an honorary member of the regiment. He held the rank of private, eventually to corporal. He's a war bear. He was a war There's bear. There's little pictures of him, like, saluting and, like, like doing stuff. Uh, it's yeah, crazy. They, I mean... Is, you know, is there pictures of him mauling like? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, they they actually you know pictures of him like you know the the, the troops like you know wrestling with him and you know just playing. with Yeah, him. once you get that human blood in them. But yeah. well, I mean, okay. The you other thing is, you. when we say bear, we tend to think like you know grizzly bear. Like no, it's a it was a it was a smaller breed of bear. I mean, they're not like a little Chicago cub. <laughs> no, a little bit bigger than that. I mean, but but he helped him out. He was a really yeah. good little. So and after the war, uh, they did. I mean, they did not actually take him. He uh, ended up being uh, given over to, uh, I think, the uh, Royal Zoo in uh, Edinburgh, in uh, okay. Britain. So and he, uh, uh, they, they figured he was born around 42, but he lived to the ripe age of 21, all the way to 1963. Oh, just when he can have a drink. <laughs> oh, but I hear that's pretty old in bear, bear years. Bear years, yes. See, I, w- I was thinking that would be cool if he got captured and he was like a POW, and we had to, there was like a movie about going in to rescue the war, the war bear, boy tech. Boy Rambo Tech. 4, Voitech. <laughs> you can make it. Come on. It's like, is that Rambo or the bear? They sound so similar. <laughs> I'd make that movie. Uh, it's just a 15 minute close up of. <laughs> uh, gets them all riled up at the end for the big action scene. Hey. Kicks down the door, just throws the bear in. <laughs> I want my zoo to love me as much as I love it. <laughs> Do we get the shit in the woods this time? Uh, can we train a bear to help carry our camera equipment through airports? That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. We probably could, but they wouldn't. Let Do you us think Drew Estate would give us a little extra for that? <laughs> I was about to say, will they fund it? Will they? Will they pay, pay for our podcast? Awesome. Bear? 
podcast bear. Podcast bear. Uh, boy, it is a really nice spice upon ignition. I, to tell you the truth, I, I'm reluctant to even light this up because on the I, it's so small. I'm, 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 I, we, you know, we don't. I guess just lately we've done a lot of big cigars. It just I've feels been, so small. I've man. been hanging out. It is. It Switch. does. It, <laughs> hey, it does. That's something feel, I'm not used to. It does feel a little small, but I've been hanging out on that cold draw, and it took me a while to recognize the flavor that I was getting. But because I was like, man, this is one of the greatest cold draws I've had in a while. Just a top layer hint of sweet raisin. I thought it'd be like it's pure tart. No, sweet raisin. <laughs> sweet, raisin. sweet raisin, huh? I gotta agree with him on that. I, there was a sweetness there on the on the cold draw for sure. I think I noticed that some of the <laughs> sorry, Mike, I'm not gonna light your cigar because it's sweet raisins. <laughs> it's your used to be that used to be your nickname before Pythagor- Pythagoras. <laughs> Uh, I did notice some of the cigars had Wait, the... can you go back and call me Sweet Raisins? No, you're doing math and stuff now. It's uh-huh. too late. Sweet Raisins would never take an algebra course. Uh, I noticed that some of the cigars at Hestron had the black, uh, darker San Andres wrapper around the foot. I don't know why that cracked me up so damn much. Yeah, yeah. Dar- uh, bar- Does yours have... Black see how yours has yeah, the darker, darker... Some of y'all did not have that. I'm wondering if I that's did. that. Well, no, on the like, see how his is wrapped around the foot. I think only half of ours had that. Um, see, Cody's doesn't. See, Cody's no, is just the brown. Is, mine is wrapped, but it's not. Um, j- just around the very end. But I'm wondering if that's you know. Yeah, I, get, I think I think Docs did. Docs did. Yeah. Uh, I just man, that spice off the off the ignition was just really really nice. Uh, yeah, the aroma coming off of that was really good. Uh, I saw you. Your eyes kind of perk up when you smelled it across the table. Doc, what do you think? Uh, you and definitely I, you're, got you're the You're not the only ones who have lit it up. I, I couldn't. Uh, I didn't get raisins. But, I'm sorry. Uh, there was definitely a, a spice off Dates, of it. I can't really prunes. quite put a finger on it. I was going to go more with guava and persimmon. Pers- persimmon. Guava persimmon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, Doc, we were talking about those before the show. Are you sure that didn't maybe influence what you're <laughs> Possibly. That, I mean, possibly. Pretty, possibly. It's, it's a pretty pan. I like the uh, filament kicking into it. It's simple, but it's it's nicely and well designed. You like the the let's just say Paustani, the Pochanya, the the logo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like the logo. And it's I very like, in I your like, face. You're I not... like the just very high contrast colors, but I also like that little silver filament going through there. It's nice. Okay. And then the barber pole is just always kind of sexy. Yeah, it is. People like barber poles, myself included. Um, it's got a really straight burn line. Right now, I'm just getting this, the real uh, medium to full spice on the nose and some uh, beloved Nicaraguan earth on the draw. Um, but I'd put it around medium uh, medium right now. I like it. I just can't really pick up a specific flavor, but that's always my weak spot. Yeah, yeah you're right. Spice. You make f- up for it in other areas, Doctor. We're going to be using your expertise. Because my... Taste buds have been destroyed. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's uh, that nice blast of spice coming off that. Uh, yeah, light's nice. But it's not a, a, a tear a teardrop mm, inducing mm, spice at all. It's, it's, not at all. It's really nice on the on the on the light up. Okay, well, I'm gonna let you get a couple puffs. Cody, get a couple puffs. While I introduce, we have two films tonight. We're doing a double feature. We're doing a double feature of beers, two bear beers, and two bear movies. Please tell me why are why are we doing all these bear references? Oh wait, I already know. Because the cigar was the war bear, and that led to bear beers. Yeah. 
Got to do bear movies, right? Mike, do you hear that? We actually made the entire show centered we, we around the war. We could have just also bear. done movies about war. Well, yeah, that would have made you get <laughs> history nerds happy. <laughs> but, I'm uh, not saying that. Hey, had to do it. But I mean, you tell me, 1976's Grizzly wasn't a war. You weren't paying attention. These guys were at war with that bear. They certainly used some ordnance. <laughs> they certainly used some warlike <laughs> ordnance. Our first film tonight. You gotta start where it all began. 1976's Grizzly, co-written by Harvey Flaxman and David Sheldon. Dr. Sheldon would go on to write the screenplay for the awesome 1977, the next year, Animals Gone Wild, Leslie Nielsen feature, Day of the Animals, ah, okay. which we're big fans oh, of. Definitely a similarity. Which was also directed by this film's director, William Girdler. Um, Girdler made a career helming black exploitation and horror gems like Sheba Baby with Pam Greer, The Manitou, and Three on a Meat Hook. Uh, but this, I think, is what his, you know, I think this is his biggest uh, center stage production for sure. Um, before I dig into this film, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm not going to take you through Grizzly beat by beat, scene by scene, as we've been doing for 100 episodes. I'm actually going to just kind of... you got to you got to touch on Grizzly a little bit t- to talk about Grizzly Bear movies. I don't know if we'll ever revisit the genre of Grizzly Bear horror. <laughs> so I want to make sure we paid Grizzly some dues. But we're actually going to kind of breeze through it and just talk about some broader things about it. And then we're going to... That's a shame because there's too, so much in this movie. Oh, there is, <laughs> there is, but I, there's a there's a method of my madness. There's a method where I wanted to kind of focus on our second film a little bit All more. All right, well, go ahead and fill our audience in on what that second film. The is. second film is 2014's Backcountry. Backcountry. Uh, Grizzly is now streaming for free on Amazon Prime. Backcountry is streaming uh, on Netflix. Yeah, both free. Both free if you pay for those services. <laughs> Uh, but real quick, before I do this, I oh, wanted yeah. to give you guys yeah, at least a chance to have a first impression on the cigar. I've only had a couple of puffs at all. And, yeah, there was a nice little spice blast coming right off of it. But like you said, it wasn't you know, just all up in your face. It was very nice and subtle. Yes? Basically the same. Cold draw, I'm very much in agreement with Tut. It was very uh, sweet raisin. I picked up a, a strong... Uh, uh, aroma of hay, and then of course lighting it up. I get a more like a hint of of spice. That uh, Nicaraguan earth is very prevalent. That's what I'm getting right now. Yeah. And yeah. I'm getting a very strong leather. Okay. Okay. I'm getting a, a lot of taste of tobacco. Just really, just, really good just, tobacco. Hey, this isn't a skip cigar. We don't have to be snarky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like Sorry, Skip. Yeah. yeah. Tobacco. No, uh, filled uh, with tobacco, rolled yeah. with tobacco. No, this is Mike's cigar, not Skip's cigar, so. Okay. Uh, okay, well, then I'm going to dig into this film, and we'll, we'll take it from I'm there. I'm joking. I love you, Skip. Now, this flick, Grizzly, came out the year after Jaws. Jaws was 75 to 76, when everyone was cashing in on the nature runs amok trend with classic films like Ants in 77, Suzanne, yeah. Suzanne Summers. Yeah. Uh, the swarm, the swarm bees in '78, and also in '78, a personal favorite of mine. I believe the doctor of the original piranha. Piranha, you know, tentacles. Not to mention every fucking breed of shark movie got its own movie. Hammerheads, yeah. uh, <laughs> sharks. tiger sharks. Definitely a, a Jaws cash in or imitation is the greatest form I, of flattery. I always wanted to see a nurse shark movie, but we never got it. <laughs> oh my god, I've been bit. What was it? It's a nurse shark. Oh, come on, just get out of the water. You're fine. 
Nurse shark can cause a very serious bacterial infection. Did we infection. ever have, right. we ever right. have jellyfish? <laughs> we, I don't know if we ever had a jellyfish. There was a barracuda. There was a barracuda. There was, like you said, tentacles was there a really good like one. It should be like a Portuguese man of war movie. Man of war. Aren't they just a glorified jellyfish? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I actually got stung by a Portuguese man of war in the arm. They hurt. It, my armpit. Wow. I was a kid in the Bahamas. To pee on it? Uh, no. A stranger did. Okay. That's the only way to get rid of it, man. But that was the day before he got stung by the... <laughs> it was a sordid tale for another podcast. Uh, well, as a movie-loving kid, the water-based horror flicks scared me enough, like uh-huh. I know the doc, never to go in the water. But what I always found interesting about Grizzly, you can't really avoid fucking trees. I mean, at some point, especially after seeing this movie, like you're out playing with your buddies and someone kicks the ball into the fucking woods. Fuck you, you go get it. <laughs> like, it's one thing I can't go in the Atlantic Ocean. I can't go into fucking trees. trees. <laughs> There's trees everywhere. Well, I actually watched. Uh, there used to be a show on the History Channel called Monster Hunters. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, on this particular show, it was in. It was actually in Texas, um, outside of Archer City, uh, which is up in the north, I believe. And it was about the uh, the wild boars, the javelinas, and um, someone had once actually shot and killed a a wild boar that looked like something out of a sci-fi movie. It was a giant beast of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, the size of a horse. And so the, throughout the show, of course, they never find one, but you know they they catch like a baby and tie a camera to it and let it run off. And the guy that was the you know the the expert, the the quint of the the javelinas, mm-hmm. if you will, basically said that. Uh, He's talking about the land-based predators, but that you're not going to really run a risk of running into these things unless you go into the deepest, deepest recesses of the wilderness because they only get that big by not coming in contact with man. Sure. Because we kill them, basically. So it's like, you know, they do get that big in rare cases, but they're ones that are so deep away from the beaten path that... Uh, and I think that goes for the aquatic horror films, like you know, you you do like the Megs and stuff, where they're so deep under the ocean that man's never even come across them. Right. In tonight's movie, Grizzly, this bear lived so high up on the mountain, they never it never had wandered down this far. Um, the same thing with uh, on on that same a different episode of that same show, but just kind of the same theme. Uh, these guys in the Everglades, they actually go find this 16 foot long giant fucking alligator or crocodile, whatever it was. But they had to actually go into the it's part of the Everglades where like it was a no wake zone. They had to paddle a little boat in there and go really really far into it. Uh. And uh, sure enough, they find it, and it's laying there from head to tail, leaving everybody alone. They sneak up with a camera and like touch it on the tail and just jumps forward to get the hell away from them. Yeah, uh, which they were pretty stupid. But I think that's kind of the. I don't think you really, you know, you'd have to go like up into the the very far part of the mountains where people don't normally go. Uh, but if you hike or camp and do that, that's a, that's a risk. And there's a lot of crazy fuckers who like doing that stuff. I'm not one of them. Uh, mainly because I grew up watching these fucking movies. Uh, <laughs> but, anywho, th- that's kind of a very quick snapshot of the cinematic scene in the late 70s. Uh, and I didn't think we could do an episode on Grizzly Bear Horror without talking about the granddaddy that started all Grizzly. Um, unlike tonight's second film, Backcountry... Grizzly clearly had a, a decent, generous budget, 
You got the National Philharmonic Orchestra of London doing the sweeping score. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, some name actors at the time. You got helicopter action. Uh, the producers, you know, clearly came to play. Christopher George stars as the likable park ranger Mike Ke- Michael Kelly. Great our, Christopher George. Our chief Brody from Jaws role, if you will. And if you see this one, I said it straight up. It is basically Jaws. They're all Jaws. It is. They're all Jaws. But this one is note for note Jaws. Yeah, I mean, it, you can't. We'll, we'll talk. We're going to get into that. <laughs> Uh, and he's doing, uh, Park Ranger Kelly's doing his damnedest to keep up with all the backpackers setting up camp in this forest. He's understaffed and apparently he's paid in cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, constantly. The 70s and 80s. Uh, I'd say he's almost Tom Atkins esque. Only he doesn't have a mustache, and at one point he turns down a drink from a cute younger yeah. girl, so it's a disqualifier. You're close, man, but you're. That is a Kate big. and I just well, surmised that he. The thing that, he, that I, had to, I had to figure out. Look, going back and looking at it, because this was 76, uh, unfortunately, uh, George passed away in uh, 83. Yeah, it was 52, he had a heart attack. Yeah, he, was, he was 45 when he did this movie. He was oh, no, oh, no, I was going to save that for when I really wanted to dig it, Tut. Guess how old he was in this one, Tut? Did you see him? He's just this grizzled little, you know. Do I look like that? Highland bastard. Oh, my God. No, no. Uh... Well, we get tons in this movie, unlike our segment, of grizzly bear POV shots. The camera just clunking oh, like its way it's through the floor. It's literally like a dude holding a branch in front of the camera. It just... <laughs> they're like, hey, it worked in Jaws. You never see the shark. You see its POV. Oh, Let's it, just... oh it did work in Jaws. It does not work here. Uh, when it attacks, it severs rubber limbs. There's rubber arms flying everywhere. I... And as a whole... The violence is pretty damn, for this time period, gory and bloody. It's pretty vicious. Yeah. For this time period, yes. And I even appreciated it. I, I, The guy did direct Three on a Meat Hook, which was kind of one of the original slaughter, you know, splatter films. Well, I actually appreciate that they the got out like there on Three on a Meat Hook. That's one of the greatest <laughs> titles of all time. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, Spielberg was so disciplined in his use of, you know, blood and... and you know, we, we didn't see till the later Jaws is like severed, you know, like severed three D arms. Yeah. And, uh, no, no. When these guys get killed in this movie, it's it's a rubber face just clawed to shit, and uh, even a poor horse's head gets clawed cleared <laughs> off. At one point, you just see the severed horse head. I just like, around. man, that was a clean cut. Oh, it was nice. We stole this prop from the Godfather garage. They weren't using it anymore. It probably was it. Throw it up in the air. <laughs> Damn Godfather horse. When the, gri- when the grizzly kills two young women campers, it sends a panic through the park. And the park supervisor isn't pleased one bit. Doctor, is the mayor or the park supervisor ever pleased in these movies? No, they're never pleased, and they're usually corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this guy's up. I think he wants a big uh, Washington, Washington He wants job. to be a congressman or something. Right. They're always either angling for a better job, or there's some gala celebration going on that they're not closing the park for. I was, I was surprised that there wasn't, wasn't the gala. This wasn't like the 4th of July weekend or something. I was really hoping there would be a 4th of July Jaws weekend. Jaws was actually on AMC before I came over here. It's always on AMC. August. Tomorrow is the 4th of July. <laughs> Those this, beaches will be open for business. Yeah, this park supervisor is just kind of an That's asshole. That's my mayor, Vaughn. Yeah, that's not bad, actually. Uh, like to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your picture in the National Geographic. On the Grizzly Bear Monthly Magazine. <laughs> Can I bother you for another tart? You sure may. Uh, the local bear expert, Dr. You might as well give me another tart while you're in there. Dr. Scotty, played by... Did you recognize this dude? 
Dr. Scotty? The bear expert. The bear expert. Oh, the guy that's hunting around in the woods? Yeah, Richard Jekyll. Yes. Of the Dirty Dozen. Yeah. And Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Make sure I got the right one. He was a just. He's been in a million things, but he was a classic '70s tough guy. Who was he in the Dirty Dozen? Oh, Uh, now you got me. He was the guy who was shooting people. The one in uniform. Uh, okay, because I was look, like, I'm a cigar expert and a world-renowned beer expert. I'm not a world-renowned <laughs> '70s character actor if expert. You, I mean, yet. God, he's been. I'm, in working, it. I'm working on it. It's confusing because he was also in the Half Clean Eleven. And <laughs> the all right, moder- that, all right, that was bad. That was or bad. the Full Clean Six. Um, he's been in a ton of stuff. I, I, I recognize. I didn't know his name, but yeah, it's it's uh, is it Richard Jackal? I think it's Jackal. Jackal. Um, he was uh, in several Paul Newman films. He was in The Drowning Pool, um, Sometimes a Great Notion, which was an adaptation of the Ken Casey novel. Okay. The other one he wrote besides Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. Is it bad uh, to say that I want to visit this park because there wasn't an ugly woman in this thing? Well, that, I mean, that was 40-some-odd years ago. Those women are now dead. Well, well they were clawed to death. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, basically, Dr. Scotty is our Richard Dreyfus character here from Jaws. Uh, he walks around wearing actual a bear skin, like on top of him. Just uh, he's it, blending in. He's blending in. He's blending in. It's got he some knows tree stuff every in bear in this park by name. He's an expert. Does he? That's what he says, and that's what uh, Park Ranger Kelly thinks too. He's Liar. He's, he's pro Scotty. The one scene I really love in this movie is when Ranger Kelly looks for the bear from up in a fast-flying helicopter, and they are so far above the trees. He's like, can we get down any further? He's like, nope. Uh, the wind's old. Dude, the trees are so dead. You couldn't see anything. If there was a 7-Eleven down there, you couldn't see it. This is a fine use of park resources. There's literally no way you could spot jack shit down there. Man, what the hell. But somehow, he sees a giant bear roaming in a pasture, and he orders the pilot, take it down, take it down, I see him. And we take same with his rifle. It's Dr. Scotty wearing that big bear thing. He's so realistic, he actually thought it was a bear walking around. But, Scotty has found some clues uh, to their killer bear. He informs them that he's... This ain't no brown bear like they're used to up here. It's a 15-foot, 2,000-pound grizzly. Oh, shit, that's big. You see, the only known grizzlies that large were called... Arctodos Ursus Horribilis. And they were the mightiest really? carnivores in the Pleistone era. Tell you, you're in college now. When was the Pleistone era? Uh, that was in. <laughs> it was a. Uh, no, it was a. Uh, man, have you tasted this cigar? A million years ago, these things existed. Which Just meant, like Dreyfus. Carcarian, Carcarian. Yes. It's a great white. But dude, these things. He's like, these things haven't existed for a million years, which this leads Ranger Kelly the best line of the thing. So this bear is just a baby then. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> you guys, this bear hasn't existed for a million years. Oh, so we're talking about a baby. <laughs> Come on, screenwriter. Oh, he was being sarcastic. No, he was dead serious. It was dead Cigarette serious. Not. So we're dealing with a baby here? <laughs> what the fuck? I, I just I wish they wouldn't have made it a big ancient prehistoric bear. Just make it a bear. In the end, it was. I mean, it looked just like a bear. <laughs> Do you, uh, are you getting? How's the scar treating you? No, it's it's straight up ni- nice Nicaraguan earth. Uh, a lot of dirt all up in my face. It's just great. 
Uh, you guys keep saying that. I'm the, about to write Nicaraguan Earth on the back here. <laughs> the spice has died down a little bit for me. I don't know if that's because I'm in a section where the Mexican tobacco in the barber pole is not uh, as present. But I'm definitely getting less spice as the smoke progresses. I'm still getting a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a little bit, a little bit further down than you. Yeah. Uh, but, man, it's just earthy. It is. It it's, is. It's just a really nice, earthy cigar. There's a hint of mineral in there, but it's not like, you know, dominant mineral coming off of... I guess that would be the Esteli Lajero that I'm kind of tasting. Uh, well, I think with the sweetness you guys were getting was from the uh, Jalapa. Yeah, well, that's definitely true. That was where the uh, sweet uh, raisins was coming from. This, I like the aroma coming off of this thing. Man, it's it's probably... Man, I just... It is... Smell it. Smell aroma it so craft production. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. I... The puns just stop it. I, I I'm done. Let's I just. I just can't I'm stop. turning the camera off right now. Sorry. It's just. Like, uh, you're just gonna have to grin it, and bear it. It, it is. Oh. Nice doctor. It, it's nice. it's so funny because you know aroma is definitely so subjective, person to person. But that is like a beautiful smelling cigar to me. I I really really like it. Uh, me too, Doc. You still same thing? A little bit of spice on the nose, some uh, earthiness. On yeah, the it really hasn't changed at all. <coughs> no. Uh, transition wine complexity, not a lot, but it, man, it's damn good, damn good smoke so far. And the tart beer is. This is your second. Did you agree that the tart died down and receded as it went? Well, down? it did. I mean, Pala got used to it. I mean, uh, not nearly as much. Uh, in terms of the just the <clears throat> the sweetness from it, I mean, I do like it. The 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 combination with the it being a sour. Uh, so I, I'm I'm probably going to say that's why it's you know not as sweet i, I like that the, it just like i said it's tart for a reason yeah it's not interfering with the cigar at all which was a, a minimal concern yeah well i mean could it be and we don't gotta, we're not recognizing that <laughs> well, just, well one, of the, one of the things that i i mean the reason why i can't stand tarts is like uh you know what's it jester king uh, out of Austin, or is it? Yeah, Jester King. Yeah. You know they're a good beer. They're a good brewery. They do do a lot of fruit based. But in the summer, tarty stuff it's like you go there and it's just tart off the wall, and I just don't like it. It's just like, ooh, we've made the most tartiest tart tart beer in the world, and isn't it so fucking tart? And I'm like, yeah, I can't stand it. It's like drinking a garbage pail kid beer, and I don't want to drink a garbage pail kid beer. This is actually. Who does? This is actually really mellow. This is the first tart beer I've ever liked. Um, Well, back to the movie. And just like in Jaws, there's a bunch of gung-ho hunters that arrive on the scene eager to shoot shoot their guns and drink beer while doing it, TNCC style, this weekend. I was also thinking this kind of correlates to Halloween, too. Uh, Definitely there's, especially in Halloween 4, there's the, the drunken hillbillies that... But uh, yeah, Jaws. You know all those guys when the the mayor oh, offered the, the reward. And yeah. It's another it's horror movie staple. You see it in Dawn of the Dead at the beginning. It's, a, yeah. it's one of my favorite sequences in Silver Bullet in the '80s, where they 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 meet at the tavern. And the words of Mo from The Simpsons: "Drinking will help us plan." They always look, before they go out into the fog shrouded night where with high powered shotguns, where everyone's getting killed to look for a to look for some possibly supernatural beast that slaughters people. You know what? Before I put these shells in my 30 up 6 I'm going to go over to the tavern and <laughs> stare at the map and have 6-7 drinks before we head out into the night. TNCC style. 
well, you know, style. A couple of glasses of liquid courage, you help us boys. Well, the only uh, thing that the one thing that I say that this movie definitely does miss is that there was a some Grizzly Adams dude in the back, just no, no, there wasn't. Um, I think that oh. would actually help this, you know. Old man McGucket, he's lived on the mountain <laughs> for years. He knows what to do. Can we start your new nickname, Old Man McGucket? Okay, I'm actually fine with that. Let's roll. That's better than Pythagoras? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, also these hunters, when they get done looking in the woods at night and they're drunk, they j- this bear has been killing everybody. They just put some sleeping bags down and don't leave anybody awake. There's no, like, you got, you got first shift. Nope. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Oh, right. The reason we're out here could go wrong. Uh, it'd be like in Jaws if like those fishermen just... You know what? Let's just sleep in rafts on the water tonight. Should one of us stay up, look for a fin in the... Nope. Get some sleep. Uh, my main issue with throughout this film, though, uh, which is not a problem with Jaws is there's no surprise element to the killings. There's no tension whatsoever. Before anybody gets killed, you get there's that grisly point, point of, of view, view shot. You know what's coming. And it takes this big bastard five minutes to get to anybody. Well, he's 2,000 pounds, man. He's even... I was about to say... He's drinking time. a Gatorade. He's gotten all that secondary Ranger Kelly smoke, man. Well, yeah... Mike Park Park Ranger Michael Kelly's been secondhand. It's like you know, what? I think the best way. I was waiting for the helicopter to say, "Oh my God, we got a bear loose in the forest fire!" Oh no, wait, that's Ranger <laughs> Kelly. Never mind. It's okay. Uh, yeah, it just it moves in on its victims ad nauseum so slowly. You just see everything coming. Uh, oh, and sometimes we get to see some dumbass shit, like. The hunter who's there to kill the bear, he sees the bear. First thing he does, drop his gun. throws his gun and just takes off running. Well, maybe it was so damn big that you just like. Uh. Uh, we'll actually see that poorly thought out move again in our second film. Yeah. And they're supposed to be uh, surprisingly fast. I, I don't think you can yeah. really outrun right. bears. No, so you might no. as well just plant yourself down with that gun and get the best shot between the yeah, eyes I think you can a get. Grizzly can they they. I read 200, one at, at 200 one miles up, an hour. I think that's a little too That's about 30 miles an hour. 30 miles. I was about to say, Cheetah is the fastest animal on Earth. It's not 200 miles. Cheetah is 200 miles an hour. No, now, it's like 36. For a short distance, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Sprint, yeah. But, yeah. A 10 foot sprint. Yeah. It goes 10 feet at 200 it's, miles an hour. It's crazy. It was on Monster Hunters. I, I, I'm sure it was. I don't, I don't uh, and one last Jaws comparison. As the three main characters are sitting around the campfire waiting for the grizzly to show itself, you got the helicopter pilot played by Andrew Pine, you got uh, Ranger Kelly, and you got the guy Scotty in the, in the bear suit. I'm sorry, Andrew Pine. Uh, which, by the way, when I, they actually go to get the bear, he quits wearing that shit. He just wears a little stocking cap, like which of course he is. Now he's got the 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 denim thing and the hat on, just like just him. like Dreyfus. But uh, the uh, uh, helicopter pilot, he. I'm sorry. Every time I would, I would just close my eyes while I was listening to this because he sounded exactly like Jimmy Dean. <laughs> I was like waiting for him to say, he really "You know, would go great with this campfire boys, some sausage." <laughs> I'm telling you, yes, that, was a, that was a, that was he put he created that character because I've seen Andrew Pine in a million things. He doesn't really talk like that. No, I uh, guess he was watching Jimmy Dean. He could have been. I, I just, just picked. Uh, I just thought of uh, certain movies that it would have been fun to be on the set. Because I'm seeing Prine, Jekyll, and George every night after it's over, 
just in the nearby tavern, just blowing oh, cigarette smoke in each other's faces and drinking whiskey. <laughs> oh, the stories. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I agree. Of, I think that would be awesome. Speaking of stories, Doctor, while they're around the campfire, the helicopter pilot, Andrew Pine, tells the story of an Indian tribe being devoured by grizzlies one by one, just like Robert Shaw. It's very much the USS Indianapolis in story. Speech. But just like Robert Shaw wrote that story for Jaws and brought it to set and did it, Andrew Pine, the helicopter pilot, wrote that Indian story. And it's Prine, right? P-R-I-N-E. Correct, Prine. Prine. What did I say, Pine? think so. There's so many pine trees in this thing. Uh, he actually changed it to pine after filming this film. Okay. <laughs> His parents were very disappointed. Uh, yeah, he actually wrote this whole little Indian story, just like Robert Shaw did, only yeah. it's nowhere close as enthralling or intriguing. Um, we don't see the actual grizzly in all his glory until about an hour in the film. When he tears down a humongous ranger tower, which ironically is manned by the one ranger who was pissed off he wasn't going to get to see any action. Oh, you're going to stick me up in the ranger tower? I'm not going to see anything there. And this bear shows up and just knocks the whole fucking thing down. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of myself as the ranger. I'm like, I'll take tower duty. Yeah. <laughs> tower duty. <laughs> exactly. Right here. Get cooler. Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, this sends our hero, Ranger Kelly, straight to the when his, one of his men is now dead, which one of his chicks died, too. She went... She was searching for the bear, and she decided to strip naked or brawn panties and go for a thing in the waterfall. Thing in the waterfall. Where the bear just happened to be taking a shower. But it was a beautiful well. waterfall. I'm sorry. She's a beautiful woman. She was a. Yeah. But when she got killed, that didn't lead Kelly to go to the bar. No, he goes straight to the bar, Akin style, and just starts pouring him down. Uh, I can respect that. Scotch solves a lot of guilt and other. Emotions makes him go away, uh, and then he's promptly fired for standing up to the pompous. <laughs> Imagine that! Yeah, <laughs> biggest catastrophe in the park history. Oh, and you're drinking down. Uh, yeah, you're just well, down well, he, you're fired. He gets drunk and he stands up to the pompous park supervisor, which is like Cheap Brody and Jaws Two. Gets his ass canned, which Jaws Two was after this, so maybe that's a case of the copied copying the copiers. The copy E. Maybe copy Jaws copy 2 e. saw this and took something from it. Maybe. Because Jaws 2 also had that helicopter get eaten by the shark and the grizzly attacks. Maybe Jaws 2. Ah, well, it goes to come to the end and there is a giant explosion. Jaws 2 is like two. I got. I got Brody I starts like smoking cigarettes in Jaws yeah. 2. He didn't, you ever seem to smoke one in the first, first movie? Maybe Without Grizzly, we would not have the Jaws 2 that we all know and love. I love Jaws 2. Great sequel. Yeah. Um. Well, Dr. Scotty, so so Ranger Kelly's given up. He's drunk and just, I'm just going to sit here and smoke cigarettes the rest of my life. TNCC style. TNCC style. Uh, Dr. Scotty what? is not ready to give up. He ain't taking the shit line down. So he grabs Kelly by his drunken bootstraps and tells him, we got to get this big hairy bastard. All right, sorry. One more Jaws comparison. It isn't until a young boy then is killed in his backyard playing with his bunny rabbit by the grizzly that the park supervisor, a.k.a. the mayor from Jaws, agrees to rehire Kelly and let his team do whatever they need to do. Just like the little Kittner boy on the raft in Jaws, when a little kid gets killed, all of a sudden... It's I'll, on. You, I, I was this wrong. isn't the time or the place to perform some kind of half-ass autopsy on a bear. <laughs> that, is, that, is good. that is good. What were you going to say, yet? Well, when he gets a shit can the first time... I, I just love the whole like the voice. I love the the whole dynamic between him and, and the, the park supervisor. <laughs> there's, there's a line in there that just cracked me up because he's like, "I've 
spit on this mountain. This mountain is a part of me. And I was just waiting for him to like just punch now me in I'm the face. Now I'm going to make it a part of you. I'm going to make it a part of you. He does say something like, all you care about is getting your little fancy congressman office with the fake wood paneling walls. Like That was like a fancy thing back then. Um, well, he gets the green light. You'll get your deep pile of carpet someday. <laughs> he gets the green light to do what he needs to do. Um, so, sorry. I've said this four times now. One more Jaws comparison. Uh, Dr. Scotty wants to tranquilize the bear to study it, Dreyfus style. Um, but he gets eaten, so that doesn't happen. And then... When this thing is like a staple of all the monster movies, because like Lake Placid, you know, yeah. still well, I also like when he holds thing. up his tranquilizer bullet and it's just a bullet. Just <laughs> a, I've been working on these for years. But, uh, so when he gets killed, then Kelly's really headed. We're getting this guy. Only when they lower the helicopter down, when they see him, uh, the grizzly tears the helicopter to shreds. It also tears the Andrew Prine, the helicopter pilot, to shreds. would have liked to see him. We could have let him live. But anyway, no. this movie takes no prisoners. Uh, it kills King jacket him. only had so much protection in it. it ki- he kills the pilot. I just like the fact that he actually dies in a classic bear hug. Yeah, he, he didn't get mauled. He does get a bear. He, he literally got squeezed, he gets squeezed to death. To death. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the time I was just like, man, he squeezed him to death. It was a bear hug. Good job, Tut. Uh, so then, Ranger Kelly, the bear is charging at him. He's, he's at the remnants of the helicopter. It's, man, if he goes down, it's probably game over for the whole part. This bear's going to go on forever. Oh, wait. The old Vietnam vet helicopter pilot brought a bazooka. <laughs> a Literal bazooka. I don't know why at the beginning they didn't say, he didn't think to himself, hey, you know what would solve this? I've got a bazooka. How about when you guys were up in the helicopter and you saw him down there? Couldn't you just shoot it from up there? Shunk. Put on some CCR and just... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I want to get down. I want to look in his eyes when I shoot him with a bazooka. Said nobody ever. <laughs> That's why it's a bazooka. But anyway, I've been saying Jaws style for like an hour. Commando style. <laughs> Ranger Kelly no, pulls it was, up the it bazooka. It was still Jaws style. It was Got the to go get my bazooka from the shed. <laughs> it was the explosion of the animal, like with the, with the, the propane tank, tank with the up. oxygen, the scuba tank in the mouth. But dude, on steroids, it was a fucking bazooka. <laughs> At that point, they should have just had him go smile, you furry son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if he's like? Good thing when it came to weapons, we didn't bring the bare minimum. Uh, well, at that point he was alone. Who was he going to share that? <laughs> Who was he going to share that zinger hey, with? Arnold says one line is when no one's around. I was about to say if they would have been like, "Did you bring the bazooka?" Of course, I always bring the bare necessities. The, bear but the ne- only bare necessities I want is fucking Baloo singing that <laughs> baboon. Uh, he blows the shit out of this bear with a bazooka. You know what would have been cool? Is if he leaned over and with the heat from the bazooka just lit a cigarette real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the end. Yeah. The end of gr- there was no wrap-up for anything. It was just absolutely... Well, I it was just him they, walking off. How they do the, the thing away. Because now he's like going to see his buddy... But I can't help but notice how there's a giant fire <laughs> off to the side now. Like Another uh, part's going to burn down. Forest fire, anyone? 
park ranger? <laughs> Look, we got a little glimpse that uh, you know Kelly had kind of a sordid past. I don't think he's going to be staying on as park ranger. He's moving on to the next thing. He's a mercenary. He said himself. He's, he's moving on to something else. Uh, and now we're moving on to something else. Actually, uh, I, I wish, uh, to me, it, I, I understand why we're blowing through this movie, but we're kind we, of doing it some injustice. We could have easily spent the whole show on Grizzly. I, I I have a soft spot for this movie. I don't know why, but I like this movie. For some reason, it entertained me. I had fun with it. It's one that was on ABC Sunday Night Movie. You know, the the back then, I watched it on TV as a kid. Watching it now, it looks good. The cinematography is really good. Um, yeah, the I, actually the I was really hoping I told Doc that the when they take the victims to the morgue, that doctor shows up. I'm like, I'll see if this guy's got something. He's no, no. Doctor, I no. was really hoping for something. The ups, the upscale on the on the the transformation from four three to sixteen nine was actually really good. It was great. The, it was grainy on Amazon. Um, I believe there is a an actual 4K Blu-ray somebody put out. Maybe Severin or Arrow Films did an actual. Yeah. Uh, that's not what we watch, but it looked fine. And yeah, it, I was and about it looked to say, really, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of. I thought it looked. Crisp. A lot of work went into this yeah. thing. Um, so you guys liked it. Four thumbs up. Oh yeah, I've oh, yeah. seen it before. Uh, but uh, I'd never seen it, and I was glad. Oh really? Glad, yeah, I'd never had, and I'm glad you called. I, when you told me we were doing a double feature, I was like, "God dang it, another double feature!" And I'm glad you did. I, I it, it does a great contrast of what we're doing there. I think Kate and I each have the same DVD three pack that had this Day of the Animals and that movie Devil Dog with Richard Crenna that were all late seventies yeah. animal horror movies. That's, that's actually the first time since I was a kid I revisited when we got that three pack. Um, Day of the Animals is really good. That's when all the animals go crazy. They're like pissed off at us for polluting the water and for. Is that kind of like Zoo? There's there's like an ABC series called Zoo. This is just every animal turns against us, and it's it's it joins this like kind of tourist group, and Leslie Nielsen's like this real just (laughs) right wing asshole. Nice. Uh, Shoots everything. Shoots everything like. Needs to wipe his mouth. He just kills like a frog. Now I want to see. Wipes his mouth with it and throws it aside. Um. Yeah, but that's it. Uh, before we start talking about our second well, film... I guess that frog just croaked. <laughs> I love me some Nel- Leslie Nielsen. Though. Why? I love me some puns. <laughs> uh, uh, before we start talking about our second film, I'd like to take a minute to talk about a line of cigars that's second to none. See what I did there? I bet you I know what line you're talking about. That's right, Ted. I am talking about Tobacco Special Cigars brought to you from the same folks who created Sweet Jane, La Vie, Habana, and so many other classic lines. Drew Estate. The mighty Drew Estate. Available in your choice of either Extra Dark Connecticut Broadleaf or Natural Connecticut Shade Wrappers. They envelop a Sumatra... I'm sorry. They envelop a Sumatra Binder and Nicaraguan Criollo Filler Leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly infused with Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee. The smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper. It's rich tobacco flavors, commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and some sweetness. A perfect early morning or after-dinner smoke, and if you don't believe me, go try one for yourself. I dare you. I dare you, Yak. Well, you've tried them all. Yeah. They're really really good. (laughs) And you should go to Barn Smoker and go to the Tobac Station... Where our boy Josh will give you a wonderful cup of either hot or 
iced coffee really good. Yeah. and a tobacco cigar. It's awesome. Yeah, they got both hot coffee and cold brew. Yeah. And because I'm talking to you, when you hit about hour seven of our film schedule, you're like, I, I need the caffeine. It's a cool new addition to uh, Barn Smoker 2.0. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. Speaking of cigars, Tut, what you thinking over there? Uh... I'm actually kind of surprised. Uh, the cigar is a little bit lighter than I than I would think. Medium, uh, at, it, medium at best. It's a medium at yeah, like at best. I think the beer is kind of pushing it a little bit. Uh, definitely stay away from any type of tart style beer uh, coming into this thing. Uh, you can. It's not. I'm not saying that it's interfering. Like you can't taste the cigar from it, but I just think that the beer is kind of pushing it a little bit. And with this cigar. I think you want to give us some breathing room. Uh, I also think that you would like to go with a little bit something uh, woodsy, a little bit peaty, a nice little scotch. Some scotch with a cigar, eh? That'd probably work. Scotch would work. Also a rum, and I hate to say this because I've my scotch and bourbon stores at the uh, Casa have been depleted, so I have been doing some Crown and Coke lately. I've actually been drinking that orange-flavored cognac, French cognac that we got sent uh, like a year ago. I, that's how my, that's how depleted my reserves are. I actually think that a uh, Crown and uh, Crown Royal Black and Coke with this work pretty nicely. A Crown and Coke. Huh? Probably be drinking some of those out uh, Sunday night, shooting dove, huh? Tend to. Um, I'm not ready to say that the beer is, is, is pushing the cigar too much because this fucker came alive for me uh, at the halfway point just now. Uh, I really got a full... Uh, you mentioned leather early on. Yeah. Really all of a sudden hit me at the midway point. Uh, that earthiness was joined by a really rich leather mm-hmm. uh, component. And the spice kind of picked up again in the nose. Again, don't know if that's the barber pole or if that's just mentally. I'm like, hey, maybe that's I'm getting to that point where the barber pole. Let's think about barber poles. No, I kinda, think, no, because I think I'm right on the cusp of that because I was like the leather is starting to just barely pick up for me. But I'm not. For once, I'm not. It's incredibly smooth. As far as you are. The cigar is incredibly smooth. Um, well constructed. Um, I'm looking around. Really nice burn lines. Uh, doctor, thoughts? I seem to be the only one have. I'm having a little bit of a draw problem. Clip more off. Just yeah. a little bit. Clip. I actually had to clip about three times when we were doing earlier for yeah. pictures. I, I haven't had, had to relight it, so. I had. I, I did have a kind of a, a tight pull when I was drawing off the on the cold draw, and I actually had to cut it um, about yeah. three different times, which didn't take a. a a lot off, but it was a very tightly... Uh, yeah, the head is a little bit the, tight. The head was really tight. Um, but about three clips, and it was all of a sudden the airflow was just perfect. Um, I like shot. it. It's I, good. I like it. It uh, hasn't really changed much for me, so I'm waiting to see if I get what you got, where it, it, it jumps in there. It's a nice finesse cigar. I, I'll describe it as a finesse. It's light. It's got flavor. Oh yeah, much better. So that was my, that was my bad. Hey, world renowned, yeah. world renowned cigar expert Matt Cade solved your problem. God, don't world let him get away with it. World renowned asshole. Yeah, well, that's uh, me. That's me. Um, everybody, you're liking it? I am. Okay. A good call for leather. It came. It, so that's worth pointing out then that, that you do need to clip it a few times. 
Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest. I knew it when I took out the wrapper, just feeling uh, the head of the cigar. It was rock. It was really hard. Yeah. Um, I, I had a feeling I would have to clip it a few times. But like I said, three clips. Uh, I was about to say, I that hit, just made I, a big difference for me there. Through the I middle. hit three clips because just because I watched you and I was just like, all right, and I haven't had a problem. Um, yeah, uh, very well constructed, which Nika Sueno there, um, second to none in that department. So, um, And I will say this, there's a lot of people that do barber poles, and I've had a lot of barber poles just freaking unravel. Uh, we'll see how this goes in the, uh, that last third, but I don't think I'm going to have a problem with that. And now it is firing up a little really more good. spice, so I, I don't. I, I was concerned that maybe the tart beer was doing something, but mm-hmm. I, I, now I don't think so. Okay, everything's working out. Everything is working out just as planned. <laughs> Barely. Barely. Which brings us, boys, to our second film of the night in our Grizzly Bear double feature, Backcountry, 2014. Written directed by Adam McDonald, an actor, um, a movie actor who made the transition to filmmaking with tonight's film. Okay. Uh, I thought that that was him. Uh, I didn't realize it was... I didn't realize he directed it until at the end of it. No, you don't know this guy. Yeah, it does. Was that not the guy that was the tour guide or the no. strange guy? No, he's not in the movie. Oh, never, never mind. Yeah, no. He was in a bunch. Of, he was in some movies, but you don't you don't know who he is. Oops. No, that was a. We'll get to that actor uh, who we've enjoyed in a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to him, but no, this is just a, a guy. But I do see where his background as an actor uh, benefited him in this film, directing actors. Uh, we'll get to that as we as we move forward. Um, I actually saw this film on HBO a year or two ago. Okay. And when knew we were gonna do a bear movie, I I knew immediately I wanted to talk with other people about that movie and revisit it. So that's that's why there's a shitload of bear movies we could have done. Okay. And there's a, the, the 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 killer bear genre is surprisingly there's a lot of them. Um, but no, I, I I wanted to talk about backcountry with you guys. <laughs> the killer bear genre is actually surprising. As a subgenre, uh, it, it's 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 got there's a lot of these things. Well, if anyone's sitting around going, you know what we should do? A killer bear movie. No one's ever done it. Oh, there. Oh, yes, they have. Especially <laughs> in the well, there was there was a the 70s and early 80s, a lot of low budget bear movies. But then for some reason in the last you know maybe 10 years, just a ton of these things, just uh, and Bigfoot movies too. Just seems sci-fi even did one of, about ten years ago. It just seems like I don't know if it's because you know you don't have to pay location costs. You just go out in the woods, yeah, and um, maybe they're a little more less inexpensive to make. But yeah, there's a lot of fucking bear movies. I don't know. Um, let's get right to it. We start things off by joining a. I've switched to the hop shovel, by the way. If you guys would like one, let me know. That will be my next. Okay. We start things off by joining a 30-something couple, Alex and Jen, as they pack up their SUV for a planned camping trip. As they make their way out of the big city and its claustrophobic traffic jams, Jen begins taking one of those Rate Your Boyfriend magazine quizzes. That always goes good. And our boy Alex, who seems likable enough at this point, he's not doing so hot. Does your boyfriend always get his way? Yes. Does your boyfriend ever admit that he's wrong? Never. He scores a big fat zero on this quiz. Me me style. Dude, I've I've scored some zeros on these things. 
Uh, but it's a cl- I thought it was a clever method of foreshadowing some of his behaviors. We'll see. I actually on. scored a negative score on one of those, <laughs> and then, which is amazing because you're only supposed to go from zero to ten. Well, we love you, Doc. I appreciate that. But as a doctor, I have to question your unwillingness to ever admit you're wrong. My God, when you have my level of education, you're not wrong. Ever. Well, I was wrong that day. <laughs> Just that day? Girlfriend, gin-soaked woman I met at a hotel. Eh, I mean, but I, regardless, I, I scored a negative eight on the Cosmo quiz. She there were t- only four questions. <laughs> well, nuts to that quiz, huh? And hey, Alex says nuts to that quiz. He pops in a CD of an old camping song from his childhood... And he starts singing along, clapping and dancing, and Jen, who's just kind of reluctantly sitting there, finally she starts singing and dancing to this little kid's tune, too. And then, boom, black screen, backcountry. Hey, we want to remind you real quick, as they drive off, you're watching a horror movie. I didn't like it. In other words, we really hope you're liking this couple, because, boom, we're about to kill them. Or try to kill them. Yeah, well, if, like the, if the opening color I palette... Liked it. I loved it. I love spending five minutes with them and everything. Here we go, and then... I I didn't... I wanted to have a little bit more of a connection with the couple going into it. Well, uh, you, I think you'd still get that after that title card leaves. But, but I will say this. After... Because I, I had no clue about this movie. I don't... You know me. I don't do research or do, do your study and due diligence. You're incredibly crap. lazy. <laughs> I was I was really just wanting them to introduce the movie via words. Oh, Let's come on, go we're gonna the have back country. we're gonna have fun in the back country. An arrow just points to his mouth that he just said the word. <laughs> that uh, way, at least I could be like, there it is. So uh, I'm looking at the way this is shot. I'm looking at the 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 color palettes. I'm mm-hmm. looking at just it's so washed. Out. Everything that's kind of going on, and I'm like, dude, I've seen this. I I know. I know this. And I actually called it. Is this the same deal that did Devil's Candy? No. Yes, it is. IFC Midnight, same producers. Oh, no, no. They bought the film when it was done. They, they released it. But I'm they, just saying, this is... I have well, seen why a couple, they? They I have saw seen, it and they go, hey, man, this was us. I have seen we a couple this. of IFC Midnight films, and they have a certain flavor to them. You like Devil's Candy. I loved Devil's Candy. I, I did, too. I think we all did like Devil's Candy. Huh? Um. Okay. Well, they, I yes, just, it's yes. The, it's the, the first the, time I've ever looked at a movie and nailed the the pro, the, the production. The, the well, or the, not the, the production, the distributor. The distributor. There you go. Um, that's interesting that you got that. I knew nothing about it. hadn't seen it. Uh, I'd seen that it was on uh, Netflix and was available, and the the cover art and the two sentence synopsis intrigued me, but I, I knew nothing about it. I had seen this actress before, though, Missy Peregrine. Uh, where had you seen her? Uh, very good-looking lady. Um, she was... Uh, Kevin Smith produced a TV show that was on for about two years Reaper? called called Reaper, and she was uh, uh, the main chick in that. Oh, okay. Well, real yeah, quick, she's gorgeous. Real quick, jumping to the car scene, I have to give props for any low-budget director who shoots intimate conversations at this length in a moving car because it was clear they, they were moving yeah. it wasn't green screen it is a nightmare to shoot this stuff and get the sound to to match 
Because usually with the, the road noise and stuff, you have to ADR it, and it comes out sounding weird. Or it was it was they they nailed it, but I know what a nightmare that is. So I, I thought it sounded and looked really good. And until Pulp Fiction, when they have conversations in the car, both with Travolta and Uma Thurman, and Travolta and Samuel Jackson, a couple times. That was considered, and you know this better than anybody, that was considered an absolute death snell no-no of screenwriting rules. Do not shoot anything in a moving car. That was a screenwriting 101 it rule. It is a bitch. Yeah. Nowadays, maybe a little bit better with... Well, you got the trailers, we, and we, you, we, can, we, you can throw you can throw we did on, up. You know, we did on, on one of our, our films, you know, we, we put the car on a trailer and, you know, drove it around, and but you're still dealing with just... A ridiculous amount of road noise, so you have to come in later in ADR, record their dialogue after the fact, and try to make it was just it's just a if you can avoid shooting dialogue in cars at any cost, big budget movies, of course you can. I was about make to say, I'm surprised that you didn't just throw lobs on with a gate. Uh, you're shut up, Dad. You weren't there. You didn't know. What, you didn't see what we saw. Well, first of all, we're not having access to a gate, so I mean, come on. These are low-budget filmmakers. Yeah. We were underground filmmakers. <laughs> Literally. Our fans are Morlocks. They live in caves underground. They live in caves under the surface they, of the earth. That's how underground we were. I uh, did what I had to do. Well, they finally get to the ranger station in the middle of nowhere to get their rental canoe when the park ranger crushes Alex's plans by telling them that Blackfoot Trail, the place from Alex's childhood that he's been dying to show Jen is closed down due to drunken yahoos tearing it up and disrespecting the place. And then he adds, TNCC style. <laughs> he didn't, but he should have. Tud, is that why you don't take us on those scenic fishing trips with your other buddies? Yeah. You're afraid we're going to just ruin just ruin the everything? entire scenery. Man. Just shit and piss just and chug beer, beer cans everywhere? Be a, you guys are an ecological nightmare. I was going to say, if that is your reason, good call. Yeah, good call. Where's Doc? Uh, he's over there drinking malt liquor with that bald eagle. <laughs> God, he's drinking it out of the bald eagle. Uh, uh, I actually, I, I just said that I don't do due diligence. I actually stopped and did due diligence here. I wanted to look up this park ranger because I thought for a second he's been was, in a ton of stuff. I thought it was the park ranger from 420 Massacre. Uh, no. no, he kind of had that same Ron White type appearance he, to him. He has it been. Wasn't. He's been a a. Solid working actor. He's been in. Yeah, I think he so had like 120 credits. His yeah. name's Nicholas Campbell, and he's yeah. really good in this. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Well, in a minute. To make matters worse, he just told him, "Can't go where you want to camp." If you guys do get caught up there, it's a thousand dollar fine for the two of you. Yeah. Well, Alex is de- dejected for sure, and as he declines a map of the woods they're about to dive into, much to the ranger's surprise and disappointment. He wants you to take that map. It's going to make his that's, job a lot that's easier. That's what his job is. Uh, and Alex only reluctantly accepts the free medical kit that the ranger gives him. All right, I'll take it for her. I don't need this shit. I'm in it. First major kink in whatever may have been Alex's armor, which I didn't really have much to begin with, in my opinion. He seemed very affable up until now. Right here, when he decides not to take the map, I really don't understand why. I gather, as it goes on, not to get too far ahead, that He's this was really important to where he was really trying to impress He's a man. Yeah. his lady. Things maybe weren't going so well professionally for him, yeah. and this was where he was going to, to do try to establish that he's 
a man, He's but got some balls. I almost felt like saying Clark Griswold style, but you're not a man, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex, you're you're not. But a man. Alex, you're you're not a man. Uh, <laughs> That's a good call. I'm just saying, whenever you're going into the woods. Take a fucking map. Well, he doesn't, and like I said, the, he's like, well, at least take this medical kit, and if you get, well, fine. He takes the kit it's and a whistle. Pure, pure idiocy. Yeah, yeah, it is. And the ranger also forces him to take this emergency whistle to blow it to, in case somebody gets in trouble. Uh, here's why I liked the park ranger, Nicholas Campbell. In most, and trust me, I've watched a lot of these fucking genre films. They would have made the park ranger either a little bit creepy, like licking his lips at Jen... Or they go full-blown psycho hillbilly, you know, like a crazy park ranger. But the director plays it really straight with this guy, and I think it works really good. You like the ranger, yeah. and same with 420. He went crazy at the end of that movie. Right. But the beginning, you're like, you know what, this guy's actually a pretty decent dude just doing his job. Just, yeah. But yeah, this guy has just a good screen presence. Yes, he does. He's really, really good. Well... Jen and Alex drive down to the lake, and Jen finally agrees and to stop answering. Jen has a very good screen presence. Yes. She does. Mm. I, uh, she also has some good child-bearing hips. Oh, <laughs> good lord. Doctor, uh, you know the kind of hips it takes to bear children. Yes, those are some nice hips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, Jen finally agrees to stop answering work emails on her phone so they can snap a quick selfie of them at the on the beach before they set off in their canoe. As they paddle away from shore, a title card emerges telling us this is based on the true story, which it actually is. Unlike Grizzly, I'm guessing this one won't end with oh. a bazooka. <laughs> I didn't realize this was based on... I totally missed that title I card. I missed that too. Yeah, as they paddle off in the canoe. Drinkers. <laughs> <laughs> Scotch, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, when I saw that, I was wondering, like, why is it showing up? Well, now? that's the thing is weird because this is there's no credits. I mean, it'd be different if like they were just showing these little like you know like you know credits throughout this whole opening scene, and then yeah. as they head out, then you see like based on a true right. story. Yeah, just but I was sh- like, it was like backcountry. You guys probably didn't see it, dude, because it kind of came up. Underneath the canoe, know, like well, in the water. Like, yeah, I missed I was, it totally. It just totally. I was because I was watching. I was, I was like, also oh, popped up. I'm like, <laughs> and I was shit faced. I got that little thing. Like, wait, were there still credits? Was I was I not paying attention? There were Where no, am I? No credits. Um, but yeah. So, but by saying that, like I said, we're not going to see a rocket launcher unless Alex. It'd be kind of cool if there was a rocket launcher behind the little. Park well, if he wouldn't take dude, the like, map uh, or the whistle, well, he certainly doesn't have a rocket launcher. <laughs> Got to point it out. I agree with the doctor. What's that behind you, old Betsy? She's going to be out of more problems. Let me tell you about this bear attack back in the day. Oh, actually, that would have been better if he was like, who needs a fucking map? Like and he just pulls an RPG out of the shovel. They immediately pass another happy couple that waves to them, returning from their own canoe adventure. Um, and while they're all, while that couple's all smiles, Alex is still moping about his precious Blackfoot trail being closed down. Jen did not hear the ranger tell him that they can't go there. But honestly, she doesn't seem at all excited in this canoe either. She does not want to be here. Both actors tell us a lot about their mindsets without using words. Yeah, they actually do. Which is very commendable. It's very good. It's very well acted. They're very good in this. Yeah, I'll agree to that. Once they dock the canoe, which Mr. No Map camping expert drops right on his foot, tut style. Oh, fuck! Oh, shit! Fuck! 
That's literally the start of their camping thing. <laughs> Mr. Know-it-all crushes his foot with a canoe. Just like Tut when he spilled his coffee in that airport and started screaming F-bombs at all the kids in the airport. Oh, fuck! Is this perhaps... <laughs> I wish I'd That's seen true. that. That's oh, true. Is epic. this perhaps <laughs> foreshadowing or maybe even the first signal that Alex is... An idiot? Well... A yuppie pencil dick who's probably only been camping twice and just has enough experience to fool her, but really isn't Mr. Outdoors? No, nah, he probably... Well, th- that will be answered for us pretty he, shortly. He probably was, like, back when he was a teenager, but now he's in his late 30s. Guys, how much did he you drink? He, in there. All these questions are answered in the film. Uh, no, I'm, I'm asking that rhetorically. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I think... To me, yeah, that was yeah, a sign that was watching the, the movie. That was a sign, like... Me too. Me too. Wow, she's, she's starting... Like at that point, would she say, "Let's go back"? Like, did you I really? Think so. Did you really just crush your foot with the canoe and you? You're, you're gonna. She hike also for, did not gonna hike for three days. She with also that? did not hear him decline the map. She was reading brochures for like the real tours, where like people that know what they're doing take you through the woods. She didn't hear any of that shit. So they, they go on. I just thought, dude, when he drops that on his foot, fuck, god damn it. I I appreciate the acting performance. I was not inebriated. I I missed the based on the true story part. But uh, well, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself with with Alex. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, soon after, Alex, Mister Nomad Know It All, makes fun of Jen's giant can of bear spray she brought, and she brought a road flare. It makes me feel safer, she said. You're not going to need a bear spray, Jen. I'm telling you, you're not going to need it. He says that like three times. I, uh, to jump in again here. Um, Jen's like, there's a giant grizzly bear on the movie poster, asshole. I was about to say, <laughs> I think this is a little bit too weird. There's foreshadowing, me. and then there's and then like... there's like beating you over the fucking Take it easy, Alice. We get, we get it. You, you don't... A colleague of mine said that his parents were very avid campers, so they're the sort of people that go and do that kind of thing a lot. And he said that bear spray is an absolute necessity that they bring with them, and they always test it in their backyard. And he said it's a gigantic fog that comes out of there, and he said these are experienced campers that go all the time, and they would never go without their bear spray. I'm going to give you guys a little tip, and you're going to laugh at me for it. Not tip a story, and you'll laugh at me, but that's what we do here. We share things because maybe someone can get a laugh out of it. <laughs> oh, wait, you I'm haven't told, told the story yet. yet. Sorry. We got back from a barn smoker, and I was feeling especially like physically and emotionally battered from the experience. Emotionally just drained, but physically I was just beat up from... It was the one where we... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, it was Vegas. And we saw Matthew McConaughey in the airport. Yeah with his kids and he, he just looked so the opposite of me like he's like just really like on his toes and, and I was like and I was just like man I was just so drained after we got back from Vegas I'm like you know what I'm gonna buy a pair of running shoes and some headbands and a, ref, a reflective vest <laughs> and I'm gonna get up every morning and I'm gonna go for a jog around my, my neighborhood my little village you know what the other thing I bought was? Cougar spray? 
I bought a giant can of spray because occasionally there's some. There's a mountain lion. There's a mountain around lion here. around here, and people walk their dogs and don't carry any. But I, dude, bought this giant fucking. <laughs> it, it makes Jen's can of bear spray look like nothing. <laughs> I bought this huge fucking honking thing of mountain lion spray because I knew I was the one asshole. Like, where, did you hear about Katie? Finally decided to, you know, get himself to get and get in shape. How's that going? He got devoured by a mountain lion five minutes into his first jog. No, if I was going out, I was going out spraying. I was like a dog the bounty hunter with that big, that big, uh, big mace tear, machine gun, tear gas mace gun he carried. I heard him calling the mountain lion an ice head. It was just, it was just intense. It was a whole scene. Um, dude, as the mountain lion just slowly ate my legs, I turned the. Giant thing on, you. on me. Not going out like this. But uh dude, she's absolutely right to bring bear spray. Mm-hmm. But he just you know, you're gonna see some raccoons, maybe a chipmunk at best. Yeah. I don't we'll know see. if you're going out into wilderness that deep into the woods, maybe you would think about, I don't know, a gun. Well, these are big city liberals. They don't have guns. Well, first of all, <sighs> if you knew that the love of your life really had a problem going camping Maybe first of all, don't take her camping. We're gonna get. Second of all, don't take her deep into the that, woods. That's gonna come out later. And then that's three, if it makes her feel safe, then let her have her safety. His whole thing is, you're safe with me. Oh. I'm your bear. So spray. giant fuck up number two. I'll, uh, maybe the boat landing on his foot no, no, no. was this an is accident. Like four. <laughs> but he, no he, map and and deriding her for the bear spray is just this is senseless. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they strap on their backpacks and begin hiking. As they walk, he again tells her the biggest animal to stumble across is this chipmunk at best. Again, this foreshadowing of him just hammering it. That we're not going to see any bears. <laughs> Have I mentioned we're not going to see any grizzly bears in this movie? I mean, this no uh, grizzly this bears at all. The cinematography by the Christ- bears could smell the menstruation. <laughs> I got to say, the cinematography by Christian Beals in this film is smooth Christian and Beals. Is smooth and gorgeous all around, from it, the lake shots to the woods. It looks great. It all looks great. It's spot on. And there's not a shaky component to it at all, which is so crazy, because the hiking and the constant motion of them, and it just is so nice on the eyes. I it was just waiting for that, so well. that camera to come out behind the tree with the heavy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm just, t- I'm just yeah. telling you, the cinematography on this film was spot on and from the entire especially the those entire campfire way. scenes. The way they lit those, you can see their their perfect faces and expressions and a little bit of the surrounding. Those campfire scenes, we watched a western um Killer Be Killed with some really cool Western scenes that were done by Brandon Torres. Yeah. He joined us on and talked about kind of how they did those campfire scenes. Everything in this movie looked gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Kind of boring so far, though. So far. I'm actually not agreeing with you. I'm, I'm right with them so far. I'm kind of digging it all right. Yeah, I, I, I dug it at this point. Yeah. Uh, they come to a camp area, and after they set up their tent for the night, Alex starts a small campfire, Sans Matches... He knows how to start a fire without matches. That kind of impresses her a little bit. It's pretty, it's pretty epic. I Maybe like he that. was a cub scout. Huh? That's a bear. That's a bear pun. Yeah, no, no, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> we all got it. And then he strips off all his clothes for a skinny dip in the water, and he guilts her into joining him. She really does. Again, the tent thing she doesn't want to do, but he 
forces her to. Oh, production note, we only see his tight little white ass. We don't see hers, which sucks. <laughs> uh, total bullshit. Later on, when he wanders off to chop some more wood for the fire, we stay on Jen as she waits for him to come back. And there's clearly, just by that few seconds on her face, something more than just being out of her element that's bothering her. Uh, but she suddenly snapped out of it by a stranger saying hello in an Irish accent who appears out of nowhere. When Alex comes back with firewood, we uh, when he's chopping wood and he left, we clearly saw him leave his axe in the tree. Like the camera stays on his axe as he leaves. Like, again, He might need this, but I'm going to show you that he doesn't have it. I mean, come on, we get it. We get it. I could have got it in a second shot, not a ten-second shot of that axe. Um, so if the stranger is trouble, that could be a bad move. Jen introduces Alex to her new ponytailed friend, Brad, played by... Eric Balfour. We like this guy. Always liked Eric Balfour. First time I saw him was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake back in the early 2000s. Right before oh. that, he was on that HBO show, Six Feet Under. Six Feet Under is what um, I saw. But, uh, yeah, he was, he was really good in the Chainsaw movies. He's done a ton of stuff. Uh, he was in one of the better hackneyed uh, sci-fi movies. He was in Dino Shark. He was in Dino, Dino Shark. Shark. Uh, he was very good in that. He was the lead in Dino Shark. Well, the Dino Shark was the lead. Well, the Dino Shark was the, the, the CGI lead. He was the actual human lead. Yes. And, uh, he has a unique look about him. I always thought he's been a very underrated actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. Me too. He actually did a biker movie, too, uh, that Tarantino produced. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but he was really good in that, too. Uh, I, I, I do like him. He's got a unique look, and he's a good actor. I just didn't like the whole Irish thing. I Irish. thought he pulled that off just fine. I don't fine. know why they went I Irish, but I'm with Doc. I thought he did really good. And normally, like normally there is a stigma for me. I was talking about a movie earlier. Normally, when somebody who is not American affects an American accent, you think it must just be the easiest thing to do because they pull it off effortlessly. Yeah. Um, like I remember when I first saw L.A. Confidential, I had no idea Russell Crowe and Guy Pearce were Australian. And then you think, well. Somebody does a you, an American actor you know is American tries to do an accent and you think like ah, it's just weak but then you think maybe it's because I know they're American and I didn't really know the other person but in this case I knew Balfour's straight up U.S. of A I thought he did fine with that I mean, I, they, they didn't need to do it I get that but it, it worked just fine for and me the fact that I knew Balfour and that he wasn't Irish and I totally bought into the character that's a testament to how good he did it yeah I, could, I couldn't do it. It was just a little bit affected to me. I just couldn't really buy into it. Sunday, bloody Sunday. I and I seem to remember this, I'm but it's been a, it's been a long here. it's been a long time because it's been an over twenty year old movie. I am a absolute fan of Brad Pitt, but I I've seemed to remember when he did the movie The Devil's Own with the Harrison Zone, Ford. Yeah, yeah. that I there was it, a, a. I have to go back and see it. I remember thinking maybe it was because I knew it was Brad Pitt and he was he just kind of burst on the scene. It was late nineties. He right. was kind of top of the world at that point. That. I'm not saying it was bad, but I, I, had, I had absolutely no problem with Balfour going the Irish route here. He seemed to do it just fine for I'm me. I'm a dog, man. I, I actually liked it. Was di- I liked it. And it gets. there's a reason specifically why I really got a kick out of it for us to talk about. I'll get to that in just a second. Is this me or you? That's you. That's you. Uh, we are switching to the Hop Shovel IPA. Um, we've been drinking the tart we all enjoyed. I had a Hop Shovel once in my hometown of Tipperary. <laughs> Um, South of Nobody. Well, hey, they've just 
encountered Brad, the Irishman. We made a big deal of this. Maybe yes. this would be a good place to stop. You are almost done with your cigar. Uh, you're getting there. Getting there. Uh, Yak boy, you're I'm done. done. Wow. So we got to talk about this thing. Uh, final thoughts, Tut. Final thoughts. Uh, it didn't have a lot of transitions to it. It was pretty much pretty close to what the... Uh, I will say the flavors did intensify around that halfway point, like you pointed out. Uh, but they weren't different flavors. It was the same, that nice nice earth. There's a dryness to the cigar that I also like. Uh, yeah, I, I really kind of liked it. Uh, the smell has been absolutely it is a great. S- phenomenal smell. Uh, the cigar. construction has been beautiful. The burn's been beautiful. Uh, man, it's just, it's just a nice cigar, and I've really appreciated it, and I've liked it. Doctor. Pretty much on par with everything Tut said. I made a mistake there with the clipping it. It's When I finally did what you guys instructed me to do, then it's worked out a lot better. I appreciate the fact it hasn't really changed a whole lot. Um, I, I would uh, I would be interested in trying this with a scotch or something like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, very, very good. Excellent cigar. Yeah, boy. I lit it up. I mean, the the spice was prevalent right there at the beginning. Uh, settled down. I mean, it, it was there in the background the whole time. Uh, the leather stayed strong. Uh, it, that initial sweetness in the from the cold draw uh, didn't didn't last. But I mean, the the leather and that uh, little bit of hay that I had at the beginning was good. I liked it. Good construction. Okay. Solid. Retro hell in that last third is really nice. Yeah. And that's kind of what I, I do uh, as far as complexity, nan, but transitions. Yeah, that nice uh, kind of jump in the middle. And then uh, the retro hail kind of got some of that heavy spice back in the final third. I really appreciated that. Construction's great. Earth, uh, just a little bit of leather, but that, that comes. But it's just a really smooth, enjoyable smoke. I like Perfectos. Yeah. Um, they tend to smoke really nice when well done, and this one was well done. Price point. Uh, you first. I have really no basis to judge it I on. I will say this. These are limited to 500 boxes of 21 cigars per box. So hmm. not super limited, but, I mean. 12. Okay. Ten fifty. I was gonna go nine. Doctor, you glorious genius. On the nose. On the nose. Twelve, even. Hey. Considering that it's lasted a long time. It actually, I was, I was afraid. I was afraid that it wasn't. It's about an hour and forty. Yeah. yeah. For for you know five inch stick. Uh, That's good value. Yeah. Um. So yeah, twelve bucks. It's not terrible, man. I actually purchased this from CigarHustler.com. Especially when you're talking about an extremely limited supply. Yeah. Uh, Now that the War Bear is finished, we're going to follow it up with a quick little smoke here from uh, Villiger Cigars. Um, These are the exports. We've got the Classic, the Maduro, and the Brazil. Tut and I have lit up the Brazil. Actually, I'm oh, you're still working on the War Bear. Yeah, I'm I lit I'm up the Brazil. Uh, you guys uh, smoked the classic. Uh, let, let me know what you think. It's a, it's a 
a machine-made cigar. Yeah. Uh, Villiger makes a lot of premium hand-rolled cigars, which we featured on the show. But this is their their handmade, quick, early morning smoke. Perfect. Uh, they, they're kind of pushing it. Perfect pair with coffee in the morning. Um, Doctor, you lit up and you're like... Not a coffee drinker, but I can see that there's a little sweetness on it. I've got the classic one, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, nice little follow-up cigar. Uh, so, Brad, the Irishman, uh, turns out he grew up in these woods. This is Jen telling Alex this. Yeah, Brad grew up in these woods, and he's caught enough fish for us all to eat dinner together. And this is the most excited we've seen her the whole movie. He does have about six fish that he's caught. <laughs> it's yeah. got a big thing of fish. Brad's a Brad's the real deal. Brad's a I real think, outdoorsman. Yes, he is. Yeah. Alex is clearly unhappy by Brad the outdoorsman. Uh, obviously, because he doesn't want this guy around, and maybe also because this is the happiest Jen has seemed since he picked her up. Brad's threat for the trip. And Brad's the real deal, and Alex is a poser. I sense that's perhaps what Alex is thinking Jen is thinking. Uh, Alex summons her quickly into the tent as Brad just stands out there holding his fish awkwardly. <laughs> Nothing obvious about that one. And he demands to know. First of all, he's like, yeah. that guy's a liar. Nobody grew up in these woods. guy's got an Irish accent with the woods outside Dublin. And he's going crazy. Did you invite him to dinner or did he invite himself? Actually, I'm like, Alex, didn't you say you grew up hiking Blackfoot? When she says that she extended the harmless invite, he is pissed. She's confused by his anger. (laughs) But they both really don't have a choice now, so they awkwardly return to the camp party, dinner with Brad. He's still really upset over that zero score on the magazine quiz. You know he heard the entire conversation. (laughs) It was like, like, uh, excuse me, doctor and tut, can I... Talk to Cody for a minute. These guys are assholes. I, I can literally hear you. <laughs> That's kind of what it I'm was. Here. Uh, What's up? What are the two of you conversing about? Now, Alex <laughs> has made some boneheaded moves so far. I think we've counted like at least a half dozen. I'm actually with him on this one. I don't care if Some stranger comes up at night. I don't care if it's camping or if like we're at a bowling alley and I come back and my girl's like, Hey, this is Mike. He wants to bowl with us. Like what the fuck? I want some strange dude. I mean, I'm gonna have to call him aside, call you aside, and we're gonna have a whisper fight so <laughs> no one can hear. Let alone, I don't want some strange dude with a Rambo knife joining us for dinner. Which they just had to bring out but that's to not, show everybody. He had to show everybody as he got the fish. Yeah, this is actually a little bit complicated because I'm starting to pick up on some of the themes of the movie. That it's like, you know, your alpha male Alex is. Just threatened by everything. He's not an alpha male, as it turns out. Yeah, so he's kind of like a little poser. He is. So, but in this, I mean, yeah, some strange dude walks up in the middle of the night in your camp, and we're not talking about like dusk. This is the middle of the night. I was still kind of dusk when he showed up. Dusk when he showed up. Light when he arrived. Yeah, it was. Well, you are out in the middle of nowhere, and you lit a beacon for anyone to see. But you know what? On the flip side of that. We have some friends, us, that have made a life of turning total strangers into friends. Yeah? You, they don't meet anyone that they don't invite, to much to our chagrin. Hey, you, you guys got to meet this guy. And then like next thing you know, you're spending the whole weekend with this new person. That's how they live their lives is there's no strange. What's the sign at the pub say? 
there are no strangers here, only friends you haven't yet met. We have a friend named Joe that should have that tattooed on his chest. He never meets... He meets a dude at 7-Eleven in line to get a hot dog, and that dudes He's going out drinking with him that night. Uh, my wife's mother was that way when uh, she passed away at her funeral. I mean, those people that, that she literally met like a month prior at like a package store attending her funeral. Yeah. It's That's crazy. not me. Yeah. That's not me. I, I'm with Alex on this one. Let's just let's just keep it us. But I mean, it's so, it's obvious that this weekend is so important to him. But uh, here we go. Night settles in, and the three sit around the campfire. It's revealed that Jen is a lawyer. And when Brad asks Alex what he does for a living, he looks a little uneasy. Well, uh, my uh, my buddy owns a landscaping business i'm uh, i'm working with him right now What's to, to which brad says are you mexican can you do the irish thing i can't do it are you mexican brad asks i don't mean anything by that i just i just thought that's so the ones that do that kind of work which all right, and all of a sudden it's alex's kind of a, shoulders start slumping a little bit there's a little bit of a douche move on brad's part. jen defends alex saying that the landscaping here does is really high end and he's also starting his own company soon. He's really very talented. You guys get the idea that she's giving this speech to her parents at parties, to herself in the mirror every morning, like trying to like, why am I with this dude? Like, she's defended this. So, in my opinion, though, Brad opts because the they had that obvious conversation in the tent. He knows that his appearance bothers Alex, and he's going to have himself some oh, no. fun with it. At first, Brad, I liked Brad. Brad seemed totally, and that's kudos to. Eric Balfour, the actor, he was like, oh, great, I can join you for dinner. Thank you very much. Once they get into this and he starts seeing some chinks in Alex's armor, he smells blood in the water and he goes in big time. Uh, Like I said, he was decent until now. And all of a sudden his demeanor instantly changes. He asked the couple if they have any food to contribute to the meal. And uh, Alex is like, well, we brought some potatoes and some vegetables. The vegetables sound good. Let's have the vegetables. No, Alex. No, the potatoes. Let's do the potatoes. Why? Because he's Irish? No. It did remind me of that Simpsons episode with U2 when that's how Homer gets backstage to the band. Security guards all, where are you going? He's got a big sack. He's all, potato man. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> no, it looks right out. No, Alex. Let's go with the potatoes. potatoes. I thought that was a great little moment. How about I just bite off your fucking cock right now and spit <laughs> it in your face? That's what he should have said. <laughs> That's kind of what he did say. Uh, and then he stands up. Get this. As she goes to fetch the potatoes, is Mark? he stands up and literally marks his territory. He takes a piss he, right there and then. He turns around with his back to him. But he's still right. Yeah, he yeah. Even he to doesn't go. go out of the campfire light. He's just right in there front of marking, Jen, marking his fucking he territory. Pisses, he pisses, jiggles his wang, and then he grabs the potatoes with his wang piss hand. <laughs> I'll take care of those potatoes. Even she's like, at this point, like, that's not sanitary. Like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like this guy, but, uh, you know, I, I don't like that. As they eat dinner, Brad tells Alex, if I had a beautiful woman out here like Jen... I wanted to have a guy that knew how to take because he's like, all right. Look, I get it. You're a woodsman. Get the fuck out of here. Because Brad's like, we just really want to relax. We don't want to. No, look, we don't want you around. I I need you to leave. 
he tells her he could show her some really out of the way spots like Blackfoot Trail. But Jen says, finally, oh, I already have a guide for Blackfoot Trail. She kind of stands up for Alex. Uh, finally. Guy's been getting slammed this whole meal. It's a little too little too late. Once the highly uncomfortable dinner's over, Brad takes a swig from his flask and begins to head out. Whiskey, a love of potatoes. <laughs> he was like, I gotta get up early tomorrow and have my bowl of Lucky Charms. <laughs> Pretty much. Be on the lookout for four-leaf carvers on along the path. If you need me, I'll That's be. Kind of uh, ridiculous. If you need me, I'll be in the woods for a little bit. But I have my early morning mass with Father McConaughey in the morning. Well, actually, he gets a little handsy. He gets a <laughs> Brad the bully before he leaves. Uh, he tries to start a fight with Alex. You two were talking in the tent earlier. What was the the mis he was the miscommunication? Totally and dude, he, this is just starting a fight, starting a fucking fight. Um, he's got by now the huge masculinity advantage over this little this little twerp. But Alex stands up for himself, and eventually the Irishman just. This isn't going anywhere. He just he gets tired no, of he, it. No, he tells the truth when he finally yeah, he finally does. says, like, what was the misunderstanding? My girl invites a guy. I don't know if you're not. I don't know if you're crazy or what, and she convinced me otherwise. Like I said, you're a lucky guy, and he walks off. So, but it's it's very menacing, and I gotta admit, even though I knew Eric Balfour was an act, dude, I, it was a tense scene. It's a tense scene. I still, and and maybe you don't have retrospect at this point in the movie. I still feel like. Brad, Balfour's character, he knew that the guy didn't want him there, and he's just having as much fun with as he can, and he takes it as far as he can go. Well, yeah, if he if he starts like stabbing people with his Rambo knife, but you wonder like what would have happened if like, like his hunting, if Alex had said like his, fuck you get out of here and shoved him, yeah. would, he have, would he have fought back or would he have just said all right? And no, I mean, on his he, way? he 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 does make a living giving tour guides around here. He can't go yeah. too far, but. He, He's just having fun. He's he's just. Toying. I was almost to the point of like, why is there a bear on the poster? Why is it not this dude on the poster? Well, I'm gonna get to that later because keep that in mind. So the Irishman exits into the darkness. Alex and Jen argue for a while. I was just trying to be nice, she says. So Alex TNC's just now chugs a beer. <laughs> Literally, that's his only thing. You know what? And then he goes. They go to bed. Angry. I hear you, Alex. I they, do. They don't say another word to each other. He just chugs that fucking beer, and they go to sleep. I hear you. You know who else likes to chug beers, boys? Who does? That's right, Tut. Me. And it's you know true. what? I, you know what else I like besides chugging beer? That's right, Tut. Tobacco Special Cigars, made by the Almighty Drew Estate, the same folks who brought you Liga Pravada, Undercrown, Nica Rustica, and more. Your choice of either extra dark Connecticut broadleaf or natural Connecticut shade wrappers envelop a Sumatra binder and Nicaraguan Criollo filler leaves. Before aging, the cigars are slowly, slowly infused. With Nicaraguan estate-grown coffee, the smoke is medium to full-bodied, depending on the wrapper. Its rich tobacco flavors commingling with the unmistakable aroma of coffee and a little bit of sweetness. I'm a fan, and you will be too, so seek them out. Speaking of which... Villiger is really hyping up these exports as a quick morning smoke to go with your coffee. What do you think? Would it work for that? You still haven't smoked. Would this go with your morning (laughs) coffee, Art? Yes. Yes, it would. I like it. They are very inexpensive. Like I said, they're a machine-made cigar as opposed to a handmade product. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's it's, it's smoking fine. I mean, you're not going to get more than... If you're looking for complexity, transitions, and all those things that we... Salivate over it. This isn't the cigar, but for a morning cigar, I guess it's going great with coffee. 
I can see it as just being a, a good, quick smoke. Mm-hmm. I look forward to tasting it eventually. I'm just not putting down the war bear. You've never been the last one standing with a cigar. Oh, that's right. You usually Normally you burn right through yeah, it. Yeah, and you're always the last one, and you finish first. What the hell's going I... on around here? All right. Uh, doctor, you're liking the Hop Shovel IPA. Uh, yes. Uh, you prefer that over the... Yeah, I don't have anything negative to say about the tart, but uh, moving over to this one's a better beer. I am an IPA man, true and true, and uh, it is... Uh, I've actually switched back to the tart, because I grabbed the wrong... <laughs> <laughs> I keep doing this. I keep doing this. <laughs> so but, I, but I did really like the shot. Very hot forward. Uh, really I'll agree with you. I, I, I don't believe it's 100. It's a, it's an eighty. It's an eighty. Yeah. At the most. But you liking it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Um. So maybe eh, the tart is maybe four for these halfway thumbs ups. Yeah, I'll give it a half. I give it a half thumbs up. Half. But I'm not, uh, I'm not fully well. The hop shovel, I, I'm really enjoying. Oh. Yes. Um. And I don't think the hop shovel would have messed up the cigar either. Man, I don't know. If you're going to be mad on a beer and be like, eh, halfway, I'm, I'll go thumbs down. The going down. Sorry. Only right. because Doctor's here and I saw him kind of cut me side eye on that. Okay. He called me out on it Yeah, once. he's not afraid. Yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, I actually, I'll, it was alright. I'll give it yeah. the lukewarm thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, if the Doctor says it's okay, then, you know, it's, it's lukewarm. Two thumbs down, two thumbs sideways. Yeah, I would go. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. No, um, four, four thumbs sideways. I'll go sideways, sideways. I'll go sideways on what it. Peer pressure. What about a thumb at like one third? One third thumb. I still just go back to the time where where we were giving thumbs sideways and everybody was saying like, well, if there was nothing else to drink and somebody handed me one of these and I'm at somebody's party and it's really hot outside, there's nothing else around. I would never buy it, but I'd drink. I was like, okay, then you then shit. Yeah, I'm going thumbs that down. That was Tut you're talking about there. It was. I'm uh, going thumbs down. I think you kind of said the same thing. You're I'm going like, to save you here, Tut. Uh, no, that was Tut. That was Tut. <laughs> the next morning, Jen wakes up to the smell of bacon sizzling. Remember, they went to bed angry. She wakes up to the smell of bacon sizzling and hot coffee brewing. She's happy and surprised by Alex's gesture of breakfast. He's smiling again, so they get up and pack up and start hiking. That was one of her answers on the quiz in the magazine. Has your boyfriend ever cooked you breakfast in bed? So he's trying. He's trying. He's trying. And first of all, breakfast always works. And once again, we learn bacon solves everything. It does. And there's nothing There's quite no relationship crisis that can't be solved with bacon. There's bacon. nothing quite like the great outdoors with coffee. Yeah. I can agree with that. Oh, that shot in Grizzly of Ranger Kelly... With a cigarette there by the campfire, waiting for the bear with that that pot of coffee there, just they just stayed on him, just drinking that coffee. You know his coffee had something in it. That was a oh, happy, yeah. that was a happy boy. Well, the couple's now getting along. They're laughing. Everything's groovy until just as they're about to turn off the very well-defined path, much to Jen's disappointment, she does not want to leave that path. Alex sees a large bear print in the mud, and of course, because he's Alex, he doesn't tell Jen about it. At this point, we're exactly 30 minutes into a grizzly bear movie, and that's the first sign we've seen of anything having to do with the grizzly bear. And surprisingly, unlike, I think, the doctor, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the pacing so far. Uh, um. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the, the, the relationship. I'm enjoying the, 
I like the the Irishman drop in. To be true, to be true, I'm a little. You bit gotta con- care to scare, and it, I'm, I'm building. Do, I'm building up my my what I know about these. You people. do have to care to scare, but I'm also a little confused about what I'm watching. I mean, I I'm kind of ingrained with the animal horror movie, so I'm yeah. kind of like, is this a horror movie with the animal, or is it just another a, movie where maybe the animal plays just? It's not a. He, he's not the big character. He's Hold just that thought. A, a plot motivator. We're going to get to that. Uh, that night at their new campsite, Alex removes a huge bloody chunk of toenail from disgusting. his big toe. Mr. Expert Hiker stubbed it earlier that day. She's never been hiking there in her life. She's fine. Everywhere he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> he's stubbing his toe <laughs> into logs. And they've now turned off the trail, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, they're off the, officially off the trail. Never. Um, instead, of, instead of message, we'll go dumbass move number twelve. Correct. Oh, <laughs> yes. fifteen minimum. Oh, it's horrible. It's a much more dense and less easily traveled forest at this point. Jen gets out the medical kit and they bandage it up as best they can. Later in the tent. Oh yeah, baby. Much later in the tent, with nightfall and the stars in the sky, things are about to take an interesting turn. Oh yeah, baby. Alex is feeling kind of frisky. So he stretches his bloody toe over <laughs> her and starts rubbing it, and then he starts kissing her cheek. She's either already asleep or she's faking like she's asleep because she doesn't want to have anything to do with this guy. My gut is she's faking like she's asleep. Do you guys get that sense? I would agree with that. Speaking from personal experience, she's faking that she's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that move before. Well, hours later, Jen's woken up by the sound of twigs snapping outside their tent and someone throwing things at the tent. And here I'm freaking out. Freak? She freaks out. She wakes up Alex, but he explains it's just acorns falling. Fuck you. And he rolls back over to sleep. He was had no interest in finding out what's going no. on. Acorns. Until they hear a loud thud right outside the tent. Even Alex has to admit, I don't think that was acorns. <laughs> They sit in silence, listening. Jen thinks it's her supper guest, Brad, coming back to fuck with him. He drank all that whiskey. He's like throwing <laughs> shit. At throw, the a few, throw a few wee acorns at the tent. <laughs> throw them in the uh, Purple horseshoes. <laughs> See if the Mexican grass cutter comes out. To- <laughs> but eventually, the sounds stop, and they go back to sleep. The next morning, there's a broken tree branch out front of their tent that wasn't there the night before and Jen immediately I want to go home right now I don't want to be here anymore okay touchdown oh and don't don't you oh, see I'm where sorry. he all of us style don't you see where he hung up his blood dripping sock from a tree branch yeah cause you know yes. that's which is like it, it was just if like you're if you're a woodsman you who, like who here's who here gone camping have you gone have you gone camping before I have isn't that like basic that it, you don't like you don't blood do that. attract that's like throwing blood yes. in the water for sharks. You don't yes. hang up a bloody sock yeah. that will attract a bear. Yeah. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. She does not want to be here anymore. She wants to go home right now. Alex says you're overreacting, let's just keep going. And once again I'm gonna go back to if I'm in the middle of the fucking woods They're not I don't in the middle care yet. what the laws are. I'm taking a gun. <laughs> Secondly, if I come out and a tree that wasn't broken previously is broken now. I'm sorry. Why, fucking why, why it's just a little chipmunk. We're just acorns. Yeah, it's always acorns. And yeah. also the fact that you saw a fucking bear print 
hey, he's not going to let anything fuck up his weekend. And in really the first giant head-scratching character move we've seen from her yet, she's Alex talks her easily into continuing on their quest. Her willingness to just ignore the warning signs of the broken tree branch and all the sounds they heard, it seems so out of left field from what we've seen of her prior to this. And it gets worse. She even gives Alex a kiss. We haven't seen them have any kind of intimacy. She gives him a kiss before they continue on. I think if she... How do you go from, I want out of here, I want to go home right now, you're overreacting. Okay, come here, give me a kiss, let's go. That seemed... It was, yeah. I think, honestly, if she had just kissed him and then be like, hey, I'm not comfortable, let's go, they would have been gone. No, no, he wouldn't have. I, yeah, actually, I don't think that he would have. He done would not it, have. But, which is, but that would have been that would have been right for her character. Right, but at, yeah, she should have. At that point, you're right. It's a it's a change in her demeanor. At that point, she would have said, "I don't care. We are leaving right now." Correct. Because to this point, we don't even get the sense she really likes the guy. So why would she venture into further in? But hold on, happy go lucky Jen lasts for about five minutes as they start walking, and she stops dead in her tracks. Tut, I know you like that dolly move. She stops, and the camera swirls all 360 around her and then stops on her expression. What's that smell? Cody's in the woods taking a shit. <laughs> Jim's. Jim's. It's a fajita omelet, baby. Uh, it's a beautiful camera shot that swirls around her and stop. It's really nice. There's not a lot of show-offy stuff with the camera. It's Cody shitting, speaking in an Irish accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the gold darn Colorado omelet's coming back on me. We call it the North Sea Revenge, where I'm from. It is. She's like, this smells awful. That's nothing, Alex it says. Like Bigfoot's it smells like Bigfoot's dick. It smells like Bigfoot's dick. Acorns. It's just acorns. Rotten acorns. No, that's what he's like. He's like, it's nothing. Let's keep walking. But she's a smart woman. She walks a few feet into the woods to investigate and discovers a devoured deer carcass. Not too smart. She's been dating this asshole. Swarming with flies and absolutely no meat left on the bones. Doctor, do you think falling acorns could have done that to the deer? At this point, it is not too early to tell. (laughs) Absolutely not. And my God, they must have been the most giant of acorns. (laughs) I can't even imagine an acorn size. Also for the fact that they're surrounded by pine trees, which would be pine cones, not acorns. Well, he blames everything on acorns. My God, what an excellent point, Yak Boy. I can't even think of a more salient point made all evening other than that, that there would be no acorns. Everything that happens, he blames on acorns and raccoons. It's just raccoons dropping acorns. Something that combines the two. Anyway. I'm sorry. The moment that I spent a night with something... Some dude throwing shit at the tent all night. I'm out of there. It's gone. I'm 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 done. It's like Blair Witch Project where they're tickling really the was. tent outside. Yeah. yeah. But crap. I'm with Cody, man. If I'm going to where you're you gonna you're gone. gonna canoe out there and then go hiking where you spend two nights. Can- I'm sorry, dude. I'm fucking strapped. I've got weapons. Uh, but, that, but that happy couple, greed. that happy couple canoeing back from their camping, they 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 were fine. They seemed that dude, she, because she, that dude was strapped. He had, Uzi. He he had, had a bazooka, he had a fifty caliber <laughs> in the back of the canoe. He had the park ranger Kelly bazooka. He My dad gave me this. He said he took down a bear back in '76 with it. <laughs> He's bringing out the lamp shotgun. <laughs> 
They hike deeper and deeper into the woods. Jen is getting pummeled by tree branches, eaten alive by bugs. She even falls face first into a pile of animal shit. Hiking and survival expert Alex uses what little drinking water they have to clean off her face. And the woman who wanted to go home after seeing a broken tree branch earlier that morning doesn't mention that rotting deer carcass at all that was eaten alive. She never brings that up. That's weird, right? Well, first of all, you are in... Well, let's go with the the title of the movie. You are in the back country. You're going to come across animals killing other animals. But once again... Especially when you leave the hiking trail. Well, regardless... There isn't a person that goes into the woods. Al... I'm 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 going in, you know, like Dutch and the crew... Guns, knives. I'm sorry. You are not in human territory. You're in animal territory. It's like Jaws. You're in the water. That's there. You are a visitor. You are a visitor in their turn. In their turn. I would come literally. According to Alex, though, you're a visitor in chipmunk territory. I would be literally strapped for bear. All right? I'm sorry. Of course. Alex is a yuppie shitheel. Well, regardless, if Alex... I'm going to be Burt Gummer. I'm taking the elephant gun. <laughs> We're only going to come across a chipmunk. Yeah, but that chipmunk ain't going to win. We want to be one dead motherfucking chipmunk. You picked the wrong rumpus room to break into. <laughs> well, regardless, I can't believe we haven't done Tremors movie yet. Uh, Alex <laughs> announces that he's finally found the trail up to his childhood lake, the place that changed his life and will soon change, change Jen's life. By just gazing upon its majestic beauty. He's been talking about this lake the whole way. And when they hike up the steep trail all the way up to where they can gaze upon it, it's not there. The minimalistic music score by Vince Nudo thunders just like a bang as they look off this cliff. And not only is there no lake, there's nothing but a million fucking trees all the way to the horizon. That's a great review. I, I actually thought that this was really well done. I, I liked it. I, I was a fan of this scene. I was a fan of the build-up. I, I was had a, fan a of feeling everything. that when they got when I first saw this movie, when they got out there, that it wasn't going to be there. But the way they shot that to just the biggest, wide-open, vast horizon. <laughs> I mean, that in the music was perfect. Oh, it was a little unsettling. Uh, not a lake, just millions of trees. Alex starts losing his shit. He starts spinning around in circles. Just give me a minute to think, he tells her. She's like, what the fuck's going on here? He gets confused. What the fuck? Touched out. What the fuck? What the fuck? He starts going crazy. She should have just pushed him off at that point. Just shoved him off the ledge. It kind of is. Uh... Alex is fucking losing his mind. Nothing couth or controlled about this. I don't know why you said tut style. I would have been totally controlled on this point. I'd be like, well, let's just double back and go to our trail. And- well, again, we saw you just spill a little bit of coffee in an airport, and you went <laughs> more hectic than Alex in the middle of the woods when he lost his place. Oh, full Christian bail. Oh, geez, that's nice. Oh, that's nice, that's nice. Enjoy your coffee. It's great. That's really good, Tyler. You're a nice guy, but I'm not drinking coffee with you anymore. (laughs) That was... It was Burger King coffee spilled. It wasn't like... (laughs) It was Burger King coffee. Yeah, you're a nice guy, but we're done. 
Jen asked for the map. Uh oh. <laughs> and from this point on, we get to cringe from the safety of our couches as we watch a relationship very realistically implode like the fucking Death Star. Uh, right before our eyes, it just goes to total shit. Turns out. Alex hadn't actually returned to the lake since he was a kid. He made it sound like he was here all the time. And Which even, was obvious. And even then... It should have been. You know, I hiked some trails back in high school 20 years ago, but it wasn't this trail. Oh, boy. And that's it. Oh, and when she goes for her cell phone to try to get a signal and go for help, Alex informs her he took it out of her backpack and hid it in their car so she wouldn't be on it the Come whole time. Come on, man. Begging the question now, who is the real monster here? <laughs> it should have a picture of Alex in the shadows. Her, her, her hanging onto that cliff face and he's just leaning over there. <laughs> God, you've done nothing but fuck everything up in the beginning. She, she lets him have it and says so, rightfully so. Right now. Oh, boy. Dude. <laughs> Uh, Alex admits, you know, I'm not sure where we lost our way, and I'm not sure how to get back. And that is when the mostly cool level... She's kept her cool through all this shit. She's been very patient with her. She did not freak out when the lake wasn't there. She did not freak out when the phone... He took her phone. Well, you wouldn't get a signal up here anyway. I would have liked to try. Good point. (laughs) She has kept her fucking cool until right now when he's like... Where'd you lose the way? I don't know. <laughs> Do you know how to get back? I'm, I don't think so. Here she goes. <sighs> she wishes she hadn't came. She tells him. This trip was a giant mistake, she tells him. And that Alex fucked up everything in some stupid attempt to impress her like he always does. And then here it goes. You always fuck it up. You're such a fucking loser. The stupid lake that I don't even care about. You just had to have me up here to see it. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, that's tracks. It's fair. She demands to know why they're in this stupid, helpless situation from this goddamn loser. And a completely beaten down Alex. Not only is he just crushed by the... His, you know, his toes about falling off, and he can't believe the lake's well, not there. Well, see, his toes being crushed, his masculinity has been crushed by Brad, Brad. and now his girlfriend. Now his wife just called him a fucking loser. His girlfriend called him a fucking I'm loser. I'm sorry, he's fucking culpable and all of that shit. But he slumps his shoulder and says, "Well, I was bringing you up here to propose to you." For the first time now, we cut to some swirling aerial shots of the forest, which I thought were really well timed. It shows just how fucking vast and dense this forest is. You can't see shit through these trees. Right. I mean, it's just nothing but millions and millions of trees. We rejoin the lovebirds, still on top of the cliff. They haven't moved an inch. Uh, As John Wayne would say, they're burning daylight, partners. Precious, precious daylight. Jen tells Alex she's really sorry for what she said. She had no idea he was planning on proposing. Alex rubs her back and says they should make camp here for the night. At this point, especially with lightning storm, a cool lightning storm in the distance, darkness really becomes a character in and of itself in the film. Um, and speaking of characters, guess who shows up outside their tent the next morning? Is it the park ranger who had a feeling Mr. No Map would get himself lost? Yay! No. no. 
Is it Brad with his morning bowl of lucky charms to share with him? <laughs> I just wanted to stop nope. by this morning. Nope. It's the fucking grizzly bear. Grizzly bear? Oh, it's, we it's see a, his shadow through the tent, and we hear him sniffing. He or she, I suppose, I don't know if it's a boy or a girl bear, presses its giant head against the side of the tent, and we just see its impression as it begins panting heavily. When they wake up, they find their sack of sundries that they had pulled up on a rope to keep safe from bears completely destroyed. Even now, Alex, after all this shit, lies to her. Oh, I saw a, ra- a mischievous little raccoon last well, night. Well, he did. He, he actually did. It was acorns. They were like huge acorns just <laughs> falling from trees. Always got to blame the goddamn raccoons and the acorns. Huh. I'm ready for like somebody... Did the acorn people get to you too, Todd? <laughs> You know what? Two feet, Next right? time someone comes in to the corner of No Hope after a podcast, like, holy fuck. The four of you drank... Uh, those raccoons. <laughs> raccoons broke in and drank all those these beers. bastards. They, they drank all these beers. Acorns. Furry little trash pandas can't keep their greedy little paws out of my fridge <laughs> drinking all of our beers. <laughs> Cade, what'd you eat last night? I smelled it. Ca- acorns. Acorns. <laughs> acorns. Acorn pizza. 50. 50, 60 acorns. <laughs> Sonic has a new acorn burger. Hey, yeah, it, it's what I eat. <laughs> they set off down the mountain, and for some reason, the highly intelligent Jen is still following this guy, even though he said he didn't know where they got lost and how to get back. Uh, and sure enough, just like that, he gets them even more lost. So, at this point, she wisely takes the lead. She cuts in front of him and starts going her own way. Upon finding a bear bed dug deep in the ground she instructs Alex we need to hike as far away from this fucking spot as possible before dark that night by the campfire Alex finally says he's sorry that word can go really far for what? not in this situation <laughs> For what are, what are you apologizing for? which of your 20 fucking catastrophic Dude, that, mistakes uh, are you sorry she for? she pulls out my 14 pages of notes uh, alright Alex uh, all right. see what you're sorry for here <laughs> go the here. other thing <laughs> if you if, Build like eight campfires around you. Stay the fuck away. Oh, surround yourself by campfires. A ring of fire. A ring of fire. I'm sorry, you're in a forest. The other great thing you is, you know, I will, I will say, if you're if you're out in the wilderness, you know, and, and you know that there are people monitoring, especially in a a, a national forest. Set it on lost, fire. Set a fire. Throw some green. Bushes on it, it will smoke. Smoke like nobody's business. Yeah. People will come running because a, it's a fucking fire. We don't want this shit to catch. They will come find you. They will fly a fucking helicopter out there. Do you think they some, will? Do yeah. you think some listener oh, of the TNCC is going to get stranded someday and do that and be like, we saved their save, lives? We saved their lives. Hold on. Also, if you go into backcountry, we instead of Cody, someone who is ex- <laughs> so experienced camper has some knowledge. If you, if you go into the backcountry. Take a fucking gun. Don't listen to the goddamn rules. Oh, we don't allow firearms. Or at least Fuck a map you. and a I'm compass. I'm going out in the wilderness. Or maybe a map and a compass. I mean, you know. A compass would be nice. Or at, le- at the very least, take Billy from Predator. He will get you out. He's dead. He got eaten by a bear. Well. <laughs> something right. out there and it ain't no man. It's a fucking bear. It's a bear. Oh, wait, no, it's just a raccoon. It's, a ra- <laughs> it's an acorn. There was an acorn fight <laughs> in all directions. Acorns are Strangest thing. I don't major. know. Those chipmunks never walked out of here. <laughs> chipmunks. 
Um, he says he's sorry for everything about all of this. And he asks her, did you really mean all those insanely hurtful things you said about me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a loser. I'm a fucking loser. I fuck everything up. I'm just a... Brett's a better man than me because I don't know if I can let that go. Just Well... All right, that I want Alex. He's Alex. Alex, whatever. I want to Brad, go with Alex. Alex she, like, she liked Brad. <laughs> she doesn't why, like Alex. Why would you want to take her to propose marriage to some place you've never been? Well, obviously she hates. She's not a Him? camper. <laughs> but that's my point. She asked at one point, "Why would you bring me? I've never been camping in my life. Why would you do this?" It's like bringing someone that's never had a drink before in their lives to the corner of no hope. Actually, actually, this here's your fifty beers. (laughs) I'm a happy person. Why did you bring me here? Why did you bring me here? I said I might want to try beer someday. These guys guys hate themselves. Why did you bring me here? This is my new friend. Hey, have a beer. I don't drink. Speaking of which, Gabe, you know what? (laughs) Who? No, it actually it actually got me thinking can, about it would uh, be us in the corner. Uh, can we talk over here? She doesn't want to drink. What do we do with that? I don't it know actually got me thinking about me and my wife. Yeah, you know, we can like, hear there's, you. There's there's some times where because I used to camp when I was a, a teenager and in my early twenties, and we did some pretty long. You were boys got hopper. Yeah, we did some long like you know seven day overnight trips that were pretty epic and pretty fun, and here I am. At the later stage in life, romanticizing that. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to try that again, realizing that I don't want to sleep on the ground ever again. But my wife's never gone camping. And I've got to, like, she would be miserable. And if I loved her, why would I subject her to that misery? He built up this image of him getting down on his knee by this lake that meant so much to him and thought that he would just change her mind about him because I think she probably he probably thought she didn't like him. He's a landscaper. Not that there's anything wrong landscaper. She's a lawyer, and you could just tell the way she defended him. It's been going on a long time. I can time. see it as it's a last ditch effort on his part to try and establish something. I saw but in the he canoe. fails miserably. I, I saw on her face in the canoe she was coming up here to break up with him. Nah, I don't know about that. I mean, nah. this wouldn't be the place, but she, she, in her mind, she'd already made up her mind. I'm just thinking I, if Brad would have been cool with himself. Alex. Alex. If Alex would have been cool with himself. She's so enamored with the Irishman. <laughs> he would have been. He would have been all right. I can understand it, Tuttle. I'm quite the. I'm quite the catch myself. If he would have been. If he would have been cool with himself. If he would have been like, you know, I, I'm not a woodsman. It's he was cool. very uncomfortable with his own situation. Right, man. Just be confident and cool with yourself. The lawyer would have liked you. We've all tried to be something that we are not before in life, but not by the time you're the age of the character Alex is supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. This is a this is a massive foul up everywhere on his part. Oh, it is. And he just makes it work. He just he compounds but, one wrong after but Tut another. Has, but Tut has a very salient point here. If you're going. Being comfortable in your own skin and, and confident in whatever you're doing at that certain moment goes a long way. I my wife has a, a real job, and you know she worked very hard to get to where she's at. And when people were in a, a setting where people asked me, "So what do you do?" <laughs> oh, I'm a world-renowned <laughs> beer expert. Beer expert. Okay, what do you really do? I got a beer podcast. All right, what do you really do? We got a cigar podcast. What do you really do? 
Well, the thing that actually brings in money, I go around filming people smoke cigars. I have an acorn farm. What do you really do? I have an acorn farm. <laughs> and I raise chipmunks. But I'm just saying, I don't they're, say it like that. They're I, really big acorns. I say it like, hey, you want to be what I'm doing. What do you do? I'm a people person. Who drinks? No, what do you do? Oh, you bust your you bust your ass uh, five days a week, and you're eight to five uh, dealing with other people's shit. And uh, I film people smoking. Cigars. I watch movies, I smoke cigars, I drink beer, and I talk about it. And then to pay the bills, I travel around the country filming people drinking beer, smoking cigars. Then he adds on, "Eat a dick, motherfucker." No, I don't. And by that point, they're like, "That's a job." That exists? <laughs> Welcome to 2019, motherfucker. You bet your ass it exists. I created it. <laughs> but, but Alex doesn't have that. Yeah, you know, I'm doing some stuff. Just be confident in who you are, Alex. It's not easy, but there are more Alexes than not Alexes, and I think it was a good move to make his character the way he is, and he plays it really good. No? He actually he does. Yeah, he could have honestly just said, "Hey, I'm a gardener." <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jen, he asked her, "Did you mean all that stuff?" And she says, "I didn't mean it. I was just really mad, and I didn't mean it." I don't believe you. I think that's the lawyer in her. She's calculating her words at this point. They're lost. She is smart, and she's calculating... She's thinking she might need him to survive. She's calculating her words now very carefully and removing emotion the best she emotion the best she can from and the And with situation. that busted toenail, she can outrun him if there's a real bear comes along. Or a bear comes along. She stomps on that toenail, <laughs> drops him like a sack of potatoes. A sack of potatoes. A sack of potatoes. And she runs like hell. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm going to get to that. I have another thought on her using him as bait later. Um... Now's not the time and definitely not the place for any drama, which would only make this worse. I think she's smart enough you just, to... you got to work the situation, work the problem. She is. She even goes so far as to tell him that she loves him, which I didn't buy for one second. Yeah, she's Did a you guys lawyer. There's that? that moral no. vacuum. Did you guys buy that? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, she's heartless. She's a lawyer. Uh, well, that's a big mistake when she says she loves him, because that encourages him to bust out the engagement ring, but she quickly squashes it. Uh, another time, another time. We're going to die. Like, there's no other time. Nah, another time. What did she wear? It, no, she tells him to put it away. She doesn't want to do that right now. No, she wears it. No. No, later on later she puts on. it away. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry. But I didn't He buy brings it. that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got more of that bacon? <laughs> I would love that coffee. Yeah, I didn't. I you didn't know what, mind. Alex? I don't want to eat any of that bacon. Smear some of it on yourself. <laughs> Save the bacon grease for the other day. Yeah. I smell that makes me horny. Rub it all over your face. <laughs> well, he says they can at least drink the tiny bottle of champagne he brought along to wash down the last bites of the protein bar they have left. She's like, that's it? That's all the food we have left? Sorry, babe. That's what? Mistake number four. 46? Yeah. They traveled this far, and he's already... They're that low on food. Well, the bear took that huge sack of food. Well, I know, but at that point, would you not get out of there? Maybe if she hadn't slathered those potatoes and so much rosemary and thyme, the bear (laughs) wouldn't have smelled them up there. That was the thing when Brad was like, oh, these are... Who brings that to the key in her backpack? 
Oh, these potatoes smell I'm not, amazing. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the forest they're in. We cold, so uh, if you have no idea how to forage, it's time to fucking leave. Yes. Well, Are we near now. a body of waters? Can we fish? No. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, here's my only, at this point, kind of... you like eating bark? I don't. <laughs> kind of gripe with this film. So far, after days of camping, hiking, Jen literally falling face first into a pile of shit, watching her, her at the campfire here with Alex, she still looks stunning. Yeah. She looks amazing. And she's been through, like, bug bites, every Flawless. She looks she looks great. Um, and no, been, that's actually a good catch. Yeah. I mean, it could have just a little bit. Mussed her up a little bit. Did I mention her child-bearing hips? Oh, multiple times. Uh, Ted, how are you liking the Villager shorts mode? I like it. Uh, I could see this with a nice little cigar. Uh, I'm curious to try the other. A nice cup of coffee? Yeah. Well, that's a I want to he said Brad. He, he said like, you want to pair just, that with a so nice Brad-like. little cigar. Oh, well, we can try that uh, Austin Cold Brew CBD-infused thing that I yeah, tried at the airport. Yeah, that's too long. I'm never going to drink that. At the Austin airport, Todd paid like 8 bucks for a CBD-infused cold brew can of coffee that he said tasted like my ash like ash. <laughs> I think this cigar would go good with a nice uh, can of that. Okay. If anybody wants another one, i got plenty. Um, I'll probably hit, be hitting you up in here. The Brazil was nice. I actually think I like the Maduro better. You like the Maduro? Maduro is really good. Yeah, I'd like to try uh, the Maduro The classic, next. it didn't have much flavor. I mean, it was just, it right. was tobacco. A cigar. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jen figures as long as they're stuck out here, they might as well screw. So they start making out and undressing each other. But right before Alex can pull his sock off his gangrene big toe and rub it all over, they hear twigs start snapping. That's the... Telltale sign of trouble. Instant boner killer. Doctor, you mentioned this in your 47 Meters Down sequel review posted on the TNCC website last week, uh, which I encourage everyone to go read, in regards to the underwater environment of that film. And I quote, There's an excellent use of light and space and a subsequent lack thereof. As we wind through constrictive tunnels and into more cavernous areas where a large shark could easily be lurking, there's a definite feeling of something being down there with you, and the question of not if, but when something will come swimming out of the darkness provides for a tension that never lets up. Well, thank you for bringing those that up. Are, those are your words. Yes. I felt the exact same way about the way the forest was shot at night in this film. They left just enough space at yeah. the campfire beside the character's head where any minute I was expecting to see those bear, the bear head or the bear jaws. They didn't do it. Yeah. But I was waiting for it, and that is tension done well. And I just, it, it, it was like any good shark movie, they used the camera and the framing and the darkness equated to the depths of the sea. Yeah. I thought, I was just waiting for it, and I just immediately thought of what the doctor wrote in there. Spot on, my friend. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, interestingly enough, I did not get the same thing from this. Okay. And saw the two movies about five days apart. When they were showing her and they heard those twigs snap and her head is frame left and there's all this darkness next to her, I'm just waiting. Remember in Halloween 2 when the nurse is waiting in the darkness and all of a sudden Michael just, you see, see it. Yeah. come out with the, the scalpel in the darkness? 
I was waiting for that bear head or something. Shadow or something. Something. Yeah. I was just waiting for it, and they didn't do it. I, but they I they made agree. me think it could and it would kept me on my toes. I think and I don't know whether it was like my experience with uh, the Blair Witch tent stuff. I think tents are creepy. I mean, you just you're in a confined space. There's shadows going everywhere. You know, you can't really see what's going on out there. I think that's just an excellent horror tool uh, yeah, tents that are you good. can easily just kind of. You're you're oh this you're this, trapped. This you might be the anywhere. best. This might be especially here in a minute the best example of or earlier the I'm sorry soon tent horror the use of the tent and what you can barely see out the tent the shadows against the tent it's a very unique setting yeah and I I think they did it better than I've ever seen it here um, Alex and Jen speaking of tents shuffle back inside the tent. After he yells out to the bear, Hey! It's worth a shot. Well, loud noise does scare a lot of animals away. As if a bear would be scared of a guy who dropped a canoe on his foot. (laughs) Well, the bear doesn't know he did that. (laughs) He could have been watching. He could have been watching. He he saw his bloody sock. He knows something's (laughs) not right. Something's not right. This guy didn't know what he's doing. Bear sitting over bed like, There's my guy. But here again is another problem I have with the film. They fall asleep. Some somebody rings my doorbell one in the morning. I'm staying up, and like I go to the door and there's nobody there. Or like when I used to live in Houston in apartments, like something weird would happen, and like if anything weird happens, I can't sleep. Things are escalating at an astronomic rate, and they still fucking sleep. That's the way it was once with again. The fucking acorns, man. <laughs> Building fires, sharpening sticks to make spears. Defending my position. So you're like Dutch. You're down there like <laughs> raising logs up into the sky. I'm, I'm putting the mud underneath my eyes. I'm going camping with you, not him. No, I'm going camping with Cody. <laughs> I think I think we all had knew this before. We I, I knew this one. This was going to come up during. I was like, if I'm going camping, I'm going with Cody. All right. First but of I'm all, going to agree with everything he says beforehand. Okay, first of all, here's <laughs> the thing. I'm not going camping. Alex didn't have a giant fucking knife. Look, if someone's going into the wilderness and he they have no knife... He had an no axe. fucking knife. He's still axe. stuck in the tree. He left no, it. No, no, no. He does... He did bring it. We're going to learn that very soon. I'm going to be armed like them motherfuckers in The Walking Dead. Man, I'm going to have a goddamn samurai sword on my back. I'm going to have... I'm, I'm, it ain't going to be none of this You're bullshit. You're in the freaking woods, yeah. man. I'm just not going in the woods. How's that? I'm sorry... The government can say we don't allow firearms in our forest. I'm the guy that's like pulling out the pieces, assembling it, like the guy with the golden gun. Like, <laughs> I'm alive. You're not. My Fuck cigar you. is the barrel. <laughs> My God, this guy's put so much thought into this. The next By the morning, way, you can make a silencer out of a beer bottle and some <laughs> cotton. I'm just I saying. That for the Punisher. <laughs> is that where you learned it? That's right. <laughs> The next morning, Alex unzips the tent door, suns up, unzips the door, and holy shit, just like that, there's an enormous fucking black bear hanging out about 15 yards from their campsite. Exactly one hour into the film, and we just now see the bear. And unlike maybe some of you guys, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm actually liking the pacing of the film. Alex whispers, please move on, please move on, please move on. Guess what? That doesn't work. Well, first of all, don't make a noise. Second. Oh, no, and she keeps asking, what's going on? Shh. Is the bear out there? Shh. 
Just say, yes. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Now would be the time to get the gun that you don't have. (laughs) Well, shockingly, the bear only moves in closer. Oh, and Alex realizes he left their one weapon, his trusty axe, outside in his bag last night. This would have been the ultimate line from Jen if she just leaned over him and said, why don't you just throw an acorn at it? (laughs) The night before, remember when they ran into the tent scared about being attacked by a bear? That's the night he left his axe out but with the rest of their shit. This guy fucked up again. What number are we at? 60? I've lost count. I think we're at 60. Uh, Jen still has her trusty bear spray, though. They huddle together in the center of the tent as the bear growls and swats at it from outside. It's a super fucking intense scene with them in the middle of this tent and that thing just ter- basically toying with them yeah. outside. Uh, suddenly the bear goes all in, ripping a hole through the tent and shoving its jaws right inside. This is no CGI bear. This is a real fucking... I don't know what they... How, I don't know how they did this. Of course, this, if you had a giant rifle, you could just put it right there in his face and blast the motherfucker. How about a shotgun? How about a Mad Max double barrel sawed off? Put two of those in his mouth and see what happens. A couple of double odd bucks, even that bear is going to go no no. Get the fuck away. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious as to how they shot this scene. The bear stuff is amazing in this film. Grizzly, they clearly just shot a regular grizzly from like low, so it looked like it was really 20 feet tall. But I mean. This bear well, it, is it, no the the it bear. Was, it was Richard Jackal in his bear, bear costume. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 actually, dead. actually, no. the, the bear in uh, Grizzly he, was like is he a, dead? He's still out there. The bear in Grizzly was like either a small grizzly or a little brown bear because it was just a it was a very small bear. They just shot it. This was actually a big bear. This, the, the bear in this movie was bigger and than it the looks mo- amazing movie. and the stuff they get it to and it's not a CGI. It's in a no, it's a film. real bear. From him sticking his head in there... It's the war bear. ...to when they see... Do you think it was the war bear? It could have been. A relative of the war bear. Nice working in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a Hollywood bear. I mean, he's probably worked before. Uh, (laughs) That's what the other bears say. God, this scene... You could be over here eating chipmunks and acorns, but you're out there filming. I love this scene. And the fact that when when Alex keeps unzipping the door... Stop unzipping the door! But, again... Like the darkness that never amounted to a jump scare, I was expecting when he unzipped that the thing, bear. the bear's face. They don't do that. That's no. good. That's good. That defied my expectations of a jump scare and what I was expecting. I liked it. Suddenly, like I said, the bear shoves its head in the tent, jaws first, right inside. For some reason, I'll never understand the usually steady and headstrong Jen doesn't spray that bear immediately in the face of the bear spray. She just tosses it to the side. And it, as a result, he just claws the well, hell out of her arm. you know, just like you saw in Grizzly, the man sees the gun, <laughs> he throws his gun away! He was a trained hunter, and he just tossed that shit away. She just drops the bear spray. It's like, dude, that's your one job, is to shoot that fucking bear with bear spray, and she just doesn't do it, which is out of character for her. She's a logical... I was waiting for Alex well, to be like, hey, terrified. wait a second. She, well, just, she is terrified, she is but still, but... you've got, you got the bear spray in your hand. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're fumbling for it in your backpack. You got it there. You had it on you the whole you damn trip. You knew the bear that was there. In fact, she tosses it aside and promptly gets slashed. Uh, her well, arm gets I slashed would, by I the claws. I don't know why they didn't like 
just do like a couple of test squirts outside because this stuff smells horrible. Bears fucking hate it. Yeah, maybe just kind of they would have gone away. Um, I, I disagree with making this slash scene on a wrist as gory as they did. Because I mean, that bear slashed her wrist, and it was like it cut the main artery. There was so much blood, but then she was fine. She was kind of okay. There yeah. Was, yeah, I yeah. put a I put a bandana on it. I'll no, she I'll does that fine. later. Actually, she she's she. Oh, it's just kind of like yeah, I know. All right. But turns out she's the lucky one. As Alex gets his leg bitten wide open, as he kicks and screams like Quentin at the end of Jaws, like when he's kicking ah. his little legs, like <laughs> ah, I'm gonna die. Ah. <laughs> Like, any masculinity he thought he had built by starting that fire with no matches, it's gone. gone. I'm dead. I'm going to die. <laughs> and she's like, you're fine. You're going to be fine. No, I'm not. I'm no, because I'm looking down at that dude's leg, and there's like a huge three-inch hole in it. Uh, finally, she grabs the bear spray and unleashes a burst of orange liquid straight into its eyes, and the bear immediately runs off. Hey, were Imagine If that. only she'd done that a minute earlier, he'd still have his legs. I can't feel my foot. He's crying. It's no, it's because it's over all there. Part of Jen's, five feet away. All part of Jen's master plan. I've disabled him. I I couldn't figure out a way to break up with this guy. I, th- I think I've got it. Oh. I, like t- I like Cody's thing. I can't feel my foot. It's because it's in his mouth 20 yards over there. Oh, God. What are we going to do now? Do you still have that ring? I'll take it now. <laughs> the tent is filling up with blood <laughs> fast. Maybe think a loaded weapon. My foot's just... Really burning sensation. Well, no shitter if your foot's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the tent is filling up with blood fast. It's everywhere. Alex can't feel his foot. He's screaming and crying. He's going to die out here. Jen tries to assure him, it's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. But just then, the bear shoves its blood-stained mouth back in the tent and drags his ass away. Doctor, in your medical opinion, is it going to be okay? My God, no, no, it's not going to be okay at all. Will he ever be able to walk again? I'm afraid it's not too early to tell. He, he's he's bear food. <laughs> he's toast. He's going to end up bear scat. <laughs> Alex got fucked up. Big time. Uh, Does a bear say, shit wanna... Alex in the woods? <laughs> I do want to stop say here almost certainly yes. I disagree with the amount of silence that they do in this film, especially through the chaotic scenes. I understand that... We, right. we haven't got there yet. It's not silent yet. Oh, I thought they actually did a silence no, no, no. Like we're, when we're, he we're about went there. out there. When he got drugged out. No, that's still screaming like crazy. Really? Because I thought that they should have played up the screaming more. Oh, no. He's going crazy. Yeah, he's going crazy. She's, he tells her to run. She's listening to him yell for her to run. I'm I'm saying like okay when she steps out of the tent is when it goes silent. So when Greg or Alex gets drugged out of this tent, who's Greg? No, the pole greaser. The pole greaser. The bear greaser. When Greg the pole greaser rendered raccoon fats. When he gets when he gets drugged out of the tent, and the bears chomping down on Alex. You should have heard more. I mean, you should have heard this dude See, just I did, screaming. I, I, remember, di- I remember him I really I remember it part. differently. I remember at least like two minutes of him screaming yeah. bloody murder, telling her to run as he was eaten alive. I, I remember I remember him saying run. It's not until she steps out of the tent, which I'm going to get to a minute, where it goes silent. I, I remember him saying run, which I agree with, and I like it. It was the, it was the final act of heroics from... 
the, the, only, only, the only thing he ever did right in the whole the movie. Right. Right. Well, at least but, it wasn't him like outside screen. Use the bear spray. <laughs> Use the bear. Oh God, the bear spray. <laughs> Would have been better if he was like, ah, it's just Acor. It's just, just Acor. I, I just didn't buy the. It's just a chipmunk. From an audio perspective, when you're still in the tent with her, I didn't think that it was as gory as as what it should have been. Oh, I I I thought so. Really? The way I remember it happening is when he was dragged out, we heard nothing but his dying screams as he was eaten alive. Yeah. I just didn't think that they were the authentic. He sounded. I thought. I, and I as agree. he was screaming, we saw like his face ripped in half. Now that was pretty cool. His lip was like hanging off sideways. Like literally, the bear was like eating his muscles as he was like screaming for it to run. I thought it was pretty okay. Now he. Now I am going to talk about the silence. Uh, she could have once again sprayed the bear as soon as it showed itself for the second time and dragged him away, but I think her smarts kicked in here. Finally, the lawyer. She made the decision to save what's left of that spray for her damn self and hoped that by eating Alex, maybe the bear would get a full belly and then she could he'd leave her be for a while. You all agree? Yeah. That She's smart. sounds good. But she never used that bear spray again. She left it behind. She never did that. She got one off score. That thing has to hold well, more than that. Well, first of all, I, I understand there's, a, there's probably some shock involved as well. I mean, you've just seen a, a dude tracked out and eaten alive by a bear, you're going to be in shock. But at the same time, uh, I I told my wife, if we're ever camping in the woods and a bear drags me out of the tent, run. Don't wait for me to say run. Just run. Don't look at me. Don't look to see if you can save me. Just run. I feel confident she would not. <laughs> she probably would not. I don't think she's like, how can I save him from that giant grizzly bear? I'm just saying... But but this girl does. She like looks at yeah. this dude and I'm well, no, like, look, she, if we're in the forest, my first reaction will simply be, look, here's your 357. <laughs> I brought enough for everybody. <laughs> well, they, yeah, boy, they don't have guns. They don't have guns. You're like me and once like, again, the what? movie should have just been titled "Things That Could Have Been Solved with Guns." What's that Halloween movie that we did? Where I was just like. I'd have a gun. I'd start shooting. Through the that was that clown movie. You're like, I just shoot every clown I see. All right. <laughs> As we watch in extremely graphic detail, Alex gets sliced to ribbons by the bear. He it is pretty graphic. He yells out for Jen to run for it. She's indecisive, peering outside the tent. She recoils then back inside the tent until she goes. Finally, steps outside, just in su- just in time to see the bear really dig in and eat. Her boyfriend. Yeah. He's I, gone. Her boyfriend is a messy glop of blood and bones as the bear feasts on muscle and tissue. I mean, he, he's just a... He doesn't look like a person anymore. He's no. just... Yeah, he's soup. Uh, it's really well done. I will say this. I liked it. Just a quick side. I've said this for years. My worst death... Like, if you could say, like, how... What, a lot of, you know, what's the worst way you could die... It would be dying watching another creature eat me. Like, I can't think of a worse death. 
A lot of people I'm, say I'm, drowning or like cold, they, they have cold to, day in hell before another creature eats me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the worst thing to be would be like watching, not, like looking down as something like ate you, I'm like not disembowels gonna lie. you, and just it's just one like, of those and you're still that, conscious, like. Oh, he's going for my liver. Oh, shit. I, I, I well, he won't get much there. <laughs> Good luck with that. Oh, you want some of my liver? Poison yourself. The bear gets all drunk. Oh, God, he's getting ha woozy. Ha. <laughs> Dude, he's getting woozy. <laughs> I, just had, I just had a nibble. Why, you, why am I? We did a podcast last night. <laughs> Fuck you, bear. You dumb motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Water. Oh shit! <laughs> Falls over. Uh, Can I trouble you for a Maduro, by the way? Yes, we're still doing the the villager, the little. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, I can't think of a worse death than either a shark or a bear. Or, or, or I don't. That's why I don't go in the ocean. Fire or eaten me alive. Me yeah. Worse not. I go ankle deep. That's it. I wouldn't even I do put, that I put, shit. I, I put my toes in the in just enough to let the waves touch my feet. That's it. That's as deep as I go. People can call me crazy all they want. I don't care. And the only reason I do that is because I'm in Texas because I, there's no orcas. They slide up on the beach. Orcas pretty cool. Yeah, orcas will eat you. I don't trust it. Of course not. They won't be in this normal water. Um, well, Jen is frozen by fear. I've researched that, by the way. <laughs> Jen is frozen by fear watching this bear eat her, her boyfriend. The bear growls at her, but she can't move. The camera goes in and out of focus. The audio tut lowers until all we hear is her heartbeat. Which it's fine. I understand what you're doing. And then finally, something switches on in her brain box, and she takes off running, stopping to grab the engagement ring box from Alex's backpack Why? along the way. Because she can trade it in and, and get some money for it. She runs and runs. She's and runs a lawyer. And runs and runs Thanks, and runs. Thanks, moral vacuum. Heartless beast. Until she trips and smacks her head against a large rock and passes out. Yeah, at this movie, point, she should people be... People in movies do things like that. Right, Doctor? That is correct, sir. Well, at least, you know, she wasn't running and then an acorn fell and hit her <laughs> like a coconut and knocked her out. <laughs> Finally, acorns did... <laughs> Alice was right. <laughs> That's right. These acorns are a problem. They're the size of bowling balls. <laughs> She wakes up, a chipmunk's gnawing at her leg. God that damn, damn raccoon! <laughs> I'm totally blaming all this shit on raccoons tomorrow. And chipmunks. <laughs> we don't have chipmunks in Texas. We do not. I saw one where in Pennsylvania. It was cute. Yeah, they are pretty cool. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> From a distance, yes. They're cute. Lovable. Winds pass. When she comes to, <laughs> Jen screams for help. Why not? I know... It could possibly alert the bear to where she's at. Well, where's the whistle? She still has a whistle. But she just wakes up and is like, fuck. I get it. I I understand that response. She gives like three big yells for help. Of course, nobody's listening. Why would they not? You're out miles in the wilderness. In that panic moment, though, I understood why she, she would do that. She leans against a tree and opens the little black box, sliding the engagement ring on her finger. Maybe she did love him. I'm okay with that. I like the Im- the unusual ambiguity with her character. I went through the whole movie thinking... Well, it's complex. She, I mean, it's very complex. Yeah. I went through the whole movie thinking she didn't like him, and she was going to break up with him, and then when she puts on her finger, it was like maybe a, a tribute to him, but 
I was waiting for her just to go, what? It's only a carrot? It's not even colorless. <laughs> it was I a thought, really big ring for a landscaper. It was. I thought I thought it was what... I, I, I appreciated how complex she was. She was. Well, a comparison. She did say it was. I, I think she it was did say those, that they were doing high-end landscaping. So <laughs> I think it was one end. of those things to where it's like, at one time she did love him, but then his insecurity probably pushed her away, and then she was like, I'm going to break up with you. And then now she saw him eaten by a bear, and she was like, yeah. He should start a landscaping podcast. It's kind of like when people die, and you really don't like them, but they're dead, so you say nice things. I don't know what... Fuck you, Alex. (laughs) I don't know what Jen felt. The whole movie I thought... The cubics are coming. You fucked this (laughs) up, too. (laughs) You fucking loser. You're such a I'm glad you got eaten, you fucking piece of shit. Zales? I don't know how she felt about him, and I love that. Her character had a lot of just ambiguity. That's another way yeah. to put it. Yeah. And we don't get that a lot. Especially, you'll never get that in a mainstream film. I dug it. I, dug, I really did. Um, unfortunately, what I don't like... I like what they did with her character on the page. What I don't like at all is the stylized filmmaking that's utilized when she starts running again. Slow yeah. motion... Blurred lenses. All of a sudden, the music is super loud and present. I wish the director, as she's moving on, had stuck to what was working as it kept me immersed in the action as if I was there, as opposed to watching some cinematic editing tools at play. Yeah, it got He fucked it up in this third act. Well, this was... This was was his gloss over of a montage... Everything else was shot great, but it, but it should have been, it been like a hectic you, run. It, it should have like, been like right there, like yeah. she's scared to death. Hey, guess what? We felt like we were there for ninety fucking minutes. Yeah. All of a sudden, now let's do slow mo. Let's bring in the dramatic music. Ugh. When darkness creeps in, Jen yeah, climbs I kinda, up. I kind of agree with Kate on that one. Just, when darkness uh, creeps make in, it cre- make it chaotic. You're running for your fucking life. He changes just, styles here in the third act, and it. God, I hate that silence. I hated the silence. She, I mean, she, the audio is what feeds you. The audio is what feeds your scare, and it just. Well, guess what? When you're watching a story and you're into it, in real life, nothing moves in slow mo. So when I see slow mo, I'm reminded, oh yeah, I'm watching a movie. I'm not watching real things, and I'm right. if I'm into it, it immediately pulls me out of it. So she climbs up a tree to go to sleep for the night. Yeah, which is smart. 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 Relatively. That's what they probably until should the have bear been doing. Can't, until the, the bear camps out under the tree. They probably should have been sleeping up in trees for the last three nights. But hey, you got a road flare. The next morning, Jen's awoken by the sound of a helicopter flying nearby. She screams for help, but it's gone just like that. Shoot your flare. She didn't have a shooting flare. She had a oh. waving flare, but she didn't do that either. Start a fire. Uh, Co- it's a magnesium flare. Cody would have put... Green leaves on a fire, which would have created smoke. We learned a lot tonight, thanks to this guy. It would have been funny if she threw the flare and it hit the helicopter and it blew up. <laughs> that was, we always like to see that. Look it. <laughs> Jen finds a tiny stream, which enables her to both get a much-needed drink and tend to the deep bear scratches on her wounded arm. And that very same bear, remember the bear? Suddenly, uh, growls from nearby, and she's off to the races again, sprinting away. There's a really cool, tell me you didn't look away on this, Todd, 
seamless shot. It's one shot of her running with that bear chasing behind her. It's clearly a digital shot, a composition. But, dude, it looked like that fucking bear was five feet behind her. Yeah. It reminded me of that shot at the end of the original 47 Meters Down where the chick's climbing out of the boat and that shark comes up and it's like, I know it's fake, but that looks so good. It did. It Okay, it looks fabulous. But if the bear's that close to you... No, no, no. Take logic out of the equation. Yeah, but it's just, hard to. Just... It looked like that bear was actually chasing her in that scene. It did, but like I said, if the bear's that close, you're Cody toast. Cody said they could go 200 miles an hour. Of course that bear's No, he did not. It. I said 30. I heard 200. Yeah. Uh, it was a great one shot. It was sh- a really good shot. One shot. She reaches the but top. Most of, I mean, like I said, this whole, this entire film was extremely well shot. It was. She reaches the top edge of a waterfall and blows her help whistle... Which actually does cause the bear to stop his pursuit just long enough for her to start climbing down the... And you actually see the bear shake his head. Like, oh, yeah, what, what, they, what was they that? don't like whistles. Well, guess noises. what? I'm going to blow this whistle like 24-7. She should have been blowing it the whole time. That's what Alex That's was hoping for. That's what Alex was But she starts climbing down the waterfall. Uh, it's very steep. Did y'all notice... It was the right side? It was the right side of the waterfall she climbed down, which back at the dinner with Brad, both he and Alex said, there's a waterfall, but you got to climb down that right side. She climbs down the right side of him. Eventually, she slips and falls, and we immediately hear her leg bones snap against the jagged rocks below. She makes a I always l- hate hearing that sound. <laughs> it's a crack. Yeah. It's a crack. She it's makes, a meaty crack. Yeah, and we're, we'd be toast because we're wimpy men. Like most people. She pushes it back into place, makes a brace with some sticks and her socks ripped up, snaps it into place, and ouch, but she's limping off on her okay, way. Okay, yeah. But now you Once again, you, you've, done, you've done all these things. You've, you just push your, you push bones back in, but you can't light a fucking fire. I'm just saying you're a you're a lawyer who's never been camping before, doesn't know anything, and all of a sudden you know how to make a splint and reset a bone? Come on. When the sun goes down, she sparks up her road flare and lets it guide her again in slow motion accompanied by loud music ugh, through the night. I love the look and feel of this film until that third act when they start doing the slow motion crap. God, the aesthetics never affected me one way or the really? other like it did you guys. I, I thought it was beautiful. I, I think I know what my issue was, but it just we'll get there. I just, in I, fact, uh, mine deal was the the audio dropouts. In fact, Jen never stops walking all night long. When the sun comes up, we see her still walking with the burned out flare. Which still, you should. There's a fucking bear on still the trail. in front of her. Nope. She, until she eventually collapses. She doesn't have a gun. <laughs> From pure exhaustion. I'm just going to go back to the very, like, the first 30 seconds of this film. I, I told myself, they have no guns. I'm with you. She eventually collapses. She's mentally, me- mentally and physically done. She's spent. And it's morning time. You know, wait- been to address your gun... Concerns. 
We've addressed it a million would, times. What would have been what would have been cool is that had he had a gun, it's still a big fucking bear. You have to have a pretty power, uh, powerful gun to put the bear down. I wasn't talking about taking a twenty two into the forest with me. Yeah, but but it would be funny if Alex I, did take a twenty two in there. But here's the thing. I ta- I'm, a little Old West Derringer <laughs> that shoots little pellets. Boys, can we just put the gun thing to rest here? <laughs> this isn't you guys going camping. This is two city people, a, a like, you know, a 30-something couple, a landscaper and a lawyer... They're not taking double barrel shotguns and bazookas. This is their story, not yours. They're not taking guns. Yeah, whatever. They don't have a gun. Plus, it's fucking Canada. Nobody has guns. That's what they want you to think. I live there. I know they don't have guns. No, I'm not. You just made Tuttle leave. He's very anti Canadian. Wait. Oh, he's just fixing his camera. I, just, I really thought he had a, all of a sudden had a beef with everything. Beef with Canada. I was like, Jesus. I was actually going to respect it. I was like, it's about time he stood up for something. I was just to fix the camera. Um, Turn into South Park. Screw Canada. When she wakes up against the tree, there's a friendly... Was it a caribou? Or a deer? No, uh, elk. Elk. It was a caribou. All right, go with whatever craziness you want to. There's a friendly caribou eating leaves nearby. She reaches out for it, finally some sign of non-threatening a living being. And then it bit her finger off. But it calmly walks away. Oh. Yeah. I was waiting. It's got its own problems. Was I the only one waiting for the bear to pounce on the elk? That would have been sweet. I actually thought that. I was waiting for I was waiting for Jen, if it came over to, like, comfort her, grab it by the horns and eat it. (laughs) Like, I want Jen to, like, feast on it. That would have been awesome. Now, Jen is the bear. Just snap his neck and just start chowing down. Instead, she grabs a giant acorn and smashes its skull. There's no such thing as a giant acorn. Like, you kill caribou? You heard the acorns that were hitting that tent. Well, Jen hobbles on. uh, She gets up on her feet, hobbles on. Walks just a few steps from where she slept. And she finds their canoe. It's, she's at the shore. She found it. She's able to get in the water, paddle across the lake to safety, all in dramatic slow motion with huge sweeping music. <sighs> totally against everything I liked about the movie. Which is, I'm going to say, would not... I mean, once you hit the water, I would have seen her like just... She'd been flying across that lake like a goddamn <laughs> road. <laughs> like a motorboat. <laughs> Actually, I, if I were her, I would have been like the chick in Friday Thirteenth. I would just would have got out in the water and just there, come, come find me. Yeah, can't get out here. Bear can't get me out here. And okay, I got a rest. And then all of a sudden, the bear comes out of the water. All of a sudden, an alligator just <laughs> bites her in half. <laughs> oh shit! Fuck you, nature. Uh, <laughs> she reaches the shore and collapses before she can get to their SUV that's parked just ten yards away and call for help. Irishman Brad is on the shore. Well, look whose Irish penis With is there to comfort her. <laughs> no, he's given he's given a talk to he's about given, twenty or so yeah, campers. He's given a tour group, and one of the girls points to her, and he runs over to help her. He sh- she should have gone with him in the first place. He was legit, though. He was, he legit. was legit. He was legit all the time. He's sitting there. He's got a smile on his face. He's got his backpack. He's got the loser. Crew. Alex is dead. You should have gone with this guy. He knows what he's doing. The end. 
we don't know if she dropped dead at that point. At that point, or blood Bra- loss, or Brad was she bled a lot, or Brad no, was able Brad, to. Brad wouldn't have let her drop. Help her in time, but I'd like to believe she lived. Yeah, she lived. Uh, I also believe. Tell you mentioned something on this earlier. My opinion is, this film was intended as a character study of Jen, with a grizzly bear worked into it. As opposed to a grizzly bear horror movie, yeah, with an interesting female character arc weaved into it. This is this is Jen's movie, right? Not a grizzly bear movie. Yeah. Well, she, I w- dude, Brad was a part of her story. I'm gonna have to dig Alex into this. Alex was a big part of her story. The grizzly bear, the was, bear a big was part, part of, of her story. story. But this is Jen's story. This isn't a, a typical grizzly bear movie. Yeah. Well, this is this is this is what intrigued me now after you know going through the review. I'm gonna have to dig into this to find out what. Because, like it said, based on a true story. Yeah. There was a husband and wife that were killed in a Canadian park that this was based on. Well, yeah, but, I mean, what is that story, and why did they draw from it with this? Because... Jen is the new Jebediah Smith. Well, I see what what you're getting. And what is their insane love of acorns? (laughs) I see what you're getting at, because I often wondered what the point of this was. This is Jen's film, not the Bears. And when I realized that... Interesting, that's an interesting point of view. When I realized that this is Jen's film was when she left him at the waterfall. She blew the whistle and he just stopped. Yeah. And that was it. If this was a grizzly bear, there should have been a much bigger fanfare. Not that she had to kill him, or not that she had to... But there dude, should have been some sort it was of just, final contact. It was just, and, that was it. Yeah. She left him behind. And that's when I was like, oh, that was it of the bear? Like, she just... Uh, she's setting her bone. No, that bear's going down. It wasn't his movie. It wasn't the bear's movie. It was her movie. That's kind of when I... Interesting yeah. point of view. I, I had trouble figuring out what the point of it was. There was no fanfare when the bear was left behind. Yeah. And then I had to deride myself by saying, hey, a movie doesn't have to have a point. Not necessarily. It tells a story. No, I, no, I, I, no a movie does have to have a point. It's I the think, point of a movie. But I feel as though if they just let Missy... Is it Peregrine? Yeah, that's mm. acting talent shine in that final third of the movie. Instead of implementing all the damn editing tricks in the third act, it would have not only just been fine with all the crap. It would have been a much stronger ending. It would have been a much stronger yeah. film. Uh, they did her. They didn't do her any help by putting all the slow motion and all that crap in there. God, that I don't even remember it. And I, I seriously, I wasn't inebriated. Like the whole row in to the shore when she's doing took like five minutes. It was so slow. Yeah, there, there was like a, a, a scene where when she was ran, like, it was in slow motion. I was kind of done with the there, flick was, there was a point. scene where she you was kind of like, like catatonic in the canoe and she was like half, half face in frame. And they held that for a good two minutes, three minutes. And it was, I was, just it was like, ridiculous, and it, it, there, there it was didn't. A, you're match. right. There was a lot of editing stuff that they really didn't need to do. It didn't do. match the flow and what worked for the whole rest of the movie. They just, they just. I, I think. I think for me, even even having it was all right. I think even having grown up in Central Texas. I can't call myself an urban male, but I'm definitely a suburban male. I am not a, a, you know, I'm outdoors on a nice manicured golf course. I'll give you a tour around one of those. Um, I don't have any interest in camping. Uh, if I was going to go camping, I, well, I, me- now. I immediately thought of this. No joking, watching the movie, I, I was like, if I was going to go camping, I would go with Yaks. I'd have to go with someone who's experienced. 
But I just acting performance. I'm going to give the guy credit. The character of Alex is so fucking stupid and awful, and there's no sympathy with him. I don't care that he gets eaten by a fucking bear. He makes... Like, I'm sitting here going, I've never been camping. Closest I get to outdoors is playing a a rural golf course where, you know, I once saw a little fox. It was kind of cute. It ran ran off into the woods. Uh, You know, I've... Even me, having never gone camping before, like just watches and goes, oh, you fucking moron. Like, the map, the... He, he, we, we, we've beat the gun discussion to death. He's right, but, you know, the, you're absolutely right about that. But it was like, the, the no map, the walking off the trail, the fact that he's so... And I get it, look, evolved, you know, at some point in your life. But even then I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe he's a teenager, not in my late 30s, I'm not so bent on impressing a woman that I'm going to go this far... He kind of takes me out of some of it, just because I really don't give two shits about what happens to him. I never looked at it from your standpoint that it's it's Jen's movie and that's what it's about. It's a character study of, of this urban female, but showing how tough she is in this in this environment. I never really looked at it that way. It's a good point of view to look at it from. Alex to me is just so awful that. He is the villain. He should well, be the one on the poster menacing. Well, I, I got the sense that, you know, her justifying his greatness and how special he is has been going on for a year or two. Like I said, at dinner parties to her parents. Like, he's so great. He's all this. This was his chance to live up to her defending him for not being a lawyer, for not being... I kind of read... A, I kind of dug a little bit into that... I thought he was so... He he was likable enough in the beginning to stick with him. Boy, no, he just, to me, he goes downhill in a hurry. But, dude, we're talking second act on. Everything is wrong. I'm thinking, like, ten minutes in on... It's... Because I'm such a cynical person, my first pass at the movie was that this was just another in the current deluge of girl power movies where the guy is nothing but a mansplainer who doesn't really know anything. He's inept. Uh, just can't do anything right. And then that, this girl then this girl who doesn't know anything is she's the strong woman. She's going to survive. She's going to outlive everything. And I never thought that aspect. That, that was my first instinct going into it. But then as I gave it a break and I tried to push my cynicism aside no, it is a character study on Jen, and she's a complex character. It's not. Uh, I, 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 I think there's credence to like. I, I like believing that she liked Alex at one time. Sure. She outgrew Alex because Alex was just insecure, and it wasn't that Alex was a mansplainer. Everything has to be no, maybe he was, some. He was just insecure. He I was mean, insecure, just, and he was immature, and he was. Uh, they weren't a good fit. At the I, beginning I, of the movie, and I think the movie is far more has more depth than just a girl power movie. And so I, think it has I more appreciate. Depth, I think it has more depth than that. I think it has more depth than just a typical creature feature. I think what threw me off though is that I watched this right after Grizzly. I watched them. I watched them back to back. I had a few days in between. So I was thinking, oh well, you paired this as a creature feature, double feature. 
And so when I went into backcountry, I was expecting a creature feature, and yeah. then it wasn't. No, and so I, it, it took me a while to, to I, reshape my mind around both, the project. You both saw way more depth in it than I did. I'm going to go ahead and give you the benefit of the doubt on it. Uh, and you both appreciated things aesthetically that I normally do and somehow did not get. As the programmer, I definitely programmed backcountry as a different approach uh, to the Grizzly Bear film than 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 Grizzly. Well, I'm kind of like there's no, no sub- I, I, I there's an absolutely no subtext to Grizzly. No, no it's straight up. You're not going to be like, you know, this th- bear going to eat people. It's a bear that's eating people. I like people, that. And there's I, a, I like my bear movies without any subtext. <laughs> Is the bear going to eat people? Yes. Good. Good. That's valid. That's very valid. But I, you know, I thought Backcountry when I first saw it. Where's Andrew like, Prine on his jean jacket? Goddamn it. But you know what? I thought while it was a different approach to grizzly bear horror, I thought it had enough horror stuff like the tent, the the tent. It worked really well. And the tent scenes, but it also showed you could take a totally different approach than the 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 grizzly, the the the, the blockbuster. Just and I'll the sheriff, you, the scientist. I'll tell you this: the the suspense movies. Give now, me the sheriff I'm not, and the scientist. I'm not a horror aficionado like you guys and steeped in it. And I can get scared really easily. I was tense in some of these scenes. I was very tense in some of these. I was very tense in the tent scenes. I was very tense with the Brad scenes. Yeah. When when he was getting into Alex's face, I was. I, and I and that was initially one of the things like, you know, who is this guy? Is he going to come back? Is it? What is you know? As always, you know, you introduce that character. You know, it could have been. You know, kind of like the the 420 massacre, it could have been the park ranger. He could have circled back somehow. We don't. I mean, and that was where my mind was going. Where is all this? You know, you don't. If you put it in front of the camera, it has purpose. Yeah. Why are you showing me this character? Why are you showing me this location? What's happening? So I was thinking it could be red. Something, something's going to circle back around, but that didn't happen. Yeah, and and that's I like the way they I, I really like the way they handled it with the Balfour character that that you know maybe he's not a bad guy, but maybe he stayed up there and fucked with him, and maybe he gets eaten too. I like see the that, fact but, I like see, the fact that he wanders off. And he's that's totally one of the legit. things I love that he walks off and that's it. But I also like the fact that Cody's like when they're the tents getting pent by was like, it is, just. Cody was like, "Is that him?" Yeah, you don't know. That's that's one of the things I would I would love a discussion with the director here is that all right is Balfour a character a misdirection to get you thinking that way, or is he just was he a plot tool to say you know what Jen was right about this guy all along Alex was stupid Jen was right. I mean, girl power. It could have been one of those. He's just here to show Jen what she's missing. I, I don't know that it's girl power in as much as it's more about, to me, the character of Alex. That he is, you know, here's the guy. He, Alex is clearly a poser as an outdoorsman. He's trying he's to. Trying it's a last ditch effort to show her he's a man's man. It's not girl power. When Balfour shows up, he's the real deal. He he's the real outdoorsman, yeah. and the other guy is immediately intimidated. And I get what you guys are saying. You know, yeah, you put it in that perspective. We're out in the woods. A strange guy shows up, but he he's. I think he's. I think that the way the character is written, I think he's less concerned stranger than more concerned than uh oh here is a rugged man's man and I am I'm a fucking poser. No no I think yeah. that's uh, yeah. I no, think I agree. very valid. I agree. 
Um, all right, some closing thoughts. Uh, the movie itself was filmed in Powassan, Ontario, as well as Caddy Lake, uh, Manitoba, in Canada. It's a Canadian film. It says based on a true story, and unlike most shark attacks, where a great white, you know, every shark attack movie based on this true story. Most great whites don't eat your boat and all your friends. Right. <laughs> they just bite your leg or Swim whatever. Off. <laughs> um, last week in the news, I saw this. 44-year-old musician Julian Gauthier was dragged from his tent and mauled to death in his sleep by Grizzly Bear while on a trip in remote Canada to record ambient nature sounds for his work. Uh, first, he had album and he wanted to record some nature. This was last week. The musician was camping by the Mackenzie River in the Northwest Territories when the animal dragged him off in the middle of the night. So this sh- this shit actually does happen. Great whites don't actually. Well, okay, right there. I'll tell you straight up. If you're in bear country, don't go by a river. If you buy a river, that's where they feed. They walk up and down rivers to look for fish. Because other animals also go to drink at rivers, easy prey. If you find a river and say, oh, it's nice, I'm going to camp here, no, get the fuck away from the river. We're camping, Cody. <sighs> I, go, I go with Cade, I'm never going camping, yeah. but if I do, I'm going with this guy. Yeah. And I'm or, definitely not going camping, he's like, I really want to take my wife camping, I, I used it. But then at the same time, you're like talking to all this, like, dude. No, I'm not going camping with him at all. And I'm not going camping with you at all. I'm not going camping, period. <laughs> okay, you're going to go camping with me. Last note, the lead actress was married for ten months uh, to Zachary Levi, who plays Shazam. Yeah. Oh, really? Or the... He was on that show... Uh, uh, Chuck. Chuck. He took her camping and she left. <laughs> she, she was married to him for ten months. But she also, interesting note for sports fans like us, dated Ben Worthlessberger for a good while. Oh, really? Lots of pictures of her on his arm. Which makes me think maybe when she hit her head against that rock, it was real. She really did lose some of her we all, we all know about old old Ben R. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she met him well, in a bathroom. It, also, it raises questions, the fact that she would marry... Yes, it raises a lot of questions. Yeah, because that is correct. <laughs> Ten months. That aside... If you knew that... Hey, let's get married. I got nothing better going on. Oh, wait. Ten months later? Hey, I'm out. She's a Canadian gal. Beautiful Canadian gal. But, worthless burger aside, and Shazam aside, I thought... Final thought on this. I thought all four leads... Her, him, the park ranger, and Brad... Solid. This is a well-acted movie. Yeah, no, no complaints with the performance. I thought the bear footage was outstanding, and I thought the actors did great. For a first feature film from this guy, I if you had a different editor who didn't maybe prod you to, or maybe he wanted that stupid shit at the end, but from an acting standpoint, these guys nailed it. I give this movie the actors. And the cinematographer. Yeah. He has no control over the slow motion shit and all that. Right. Uh, man, I liked it. I'm giving Backcountry a thumbs up. 
I'm going to go back half. Sideways. Yeah, I'm going to go sideways. There, unfortunately, I cannot get I that. will say it is a brilliant contrast to Grizzly, and it makes sense as a double feature. Sure. I got no problem. 19, but the park ranger had a bazooka. Hey, 1970s Grizzly movie context. 2014. They had guns in the 1970s, apparently. I have no... I, Cade, I have absolutely no problem and agree with 100% your programming choices. I like the contrast. I really did. No need to get defensive there. That's that, what I don't get paid for. That, that one's good. I'm just... I just... That's my number one problem with movies where they present something in such a situation to where they say, hey, we're going to go into... You know, Devil's Canyon. But yeah, this was based on a true story, so true story happened where a married couple went out it, into the woods without yes. guns. Guess what? Right now, hundreds of married couples are camping right now without guns. It happens. And I don't go. Just like when Tut was like, somebody knocks on my door on Halloween, I'm shooting through the door. I don't give a shit. I don't go to the grocery store without Test me. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, test me. I'm just saying, it happens. I've People armed, don't have. I'm Everyone armed, in the right. universe I'm doesn't armed have right. a gun. I'm armed right now. <laughs> and, and that's fine. I they don't have it, to be. But like Tut was insistent on that clown episode. I'm just saying, if you come to my house dressed as a clown and you bang on my doors, they, do will, it at your hey, own peril. Everybody will always quote statistics. You know what the statistical that you'll be attacked by a bear? Is it zero? There was four deadly... Four lethal grizzly bear attacks last year. Right. So it does happen. Am I going to be the person that's going to be attacked by a bear? No. No, without firing a couple of uh, rounds downrange. That guy over there? Hey, I came out here. I got nothing but. I've got my backpacks full of sugar and honey, and (laughs) I'm sending out bear socks. And I got a bag full of bloody socks. (laughs) Just going to hang these over a tree branch. How about a bear we all like? The War Bear Cigar. The War, war Bear nice. Cigar thumbs is up? the bear I do like. Can we thumbs give a thumbs up, up to the War yes. Bear? How about giving a thumbs up to Yogi Bear? Not only you. Oh, no, the old cartoon. No, yeah. Oh, the cartoon, yes. yes. Yeah, the cartoon. Yeah. I, I've never seen anything else. You would go down. You don't Winnie like Boo Boo? How about Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh? Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Okay. I was always yes. a fan of Eeyore, the donkey yeah. myself. But not Christopher no. Robin, that dude. No. You know Eeyore? No, I do like Eeyore. I was just kidding. Okay. It was all about making friends and... What about Gentle Ben? That's a good bear. Gentle Ben? You son of a bitch. Gentle Ben, touch me. I knew it! Where did Gentle Ben touch you? I'll show you on the K-Doll. <laughs> and was it gentle? Doctor, bring out the K-Doll. Hey, what? 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 I can't we let it go. Well, in the words of Spader, I mean, 101 episodes. I mean, you assholes have been playing with house money since episode 14, for Christ's sake. <laughs> the zombievers. Oh, zombievers. Why couldn't this have been a zombie? Now there was a movie. Why can't it, they make them like zombievers anymore? Can we make a zombie movie? No, we're, uh, we're, uh, Doctor and I are actually working on a skunk shark we've movie. Got, we've, got, yeah. uh, we've got some things in, in pre-production. In, in, by the way, uh, copyright 2009, 2019 skunk shark. Yes. <laughs> I don't know.
know what it means, but I'm buying it. Actually, Skunk Shark. Actually, Kate and I have copyright on Skunk Shark, Bear Shark, and Bear Skunk. No, no, no. other dudes did Bear Shark first. Oh, did they? Yeah. Then we have Bear Skunk and Skunk bear Shark. Bear Skunk and Skunk. It's, it's skunk Bear. Skunk Bear versus Bear Skunk. Well, I mean, or no, Skunk I Bear mean, versus Skunk Shark. How much shark. money are you going to pay for this, Doc? Doctor, what is it you see in your microscope? Doctor. I'm the sheriff, local sheriff. Doctor, you've had hours. What do you see in that microscope? Well, it's some kind of bear skunk. I have to ask. How much ass is in the gas of that thing? No, I, I flipped it. How much gas is in the ass of that thing? Faustino, get to the hardware supply store. We're going to need 4,000 clotheslines. <laughs> For God's sake, do it, man! Clothespins to hold their nose? Clotheslines, clothespins. Add a few hops. You can join can us on Instagram at TNC Podcast. When you look at the microscope, you're just say, it's bear DNA mixed, the, uh, or skunk Facebook DNA page, mixed with... You can Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Hold on, you, can right. Tuesday, oh. you can do YouTube, Ta- Tuesday Night matters. Cigar Club. Here's what, the, here's what the professor would say when he's looking into the microscope. Ready? I'm the sheriff. Professor, what do you see in the microscope? Well, it's bear DNA mixed with skunk DNA. What does that give us? Give us something to work with, man. It's it's a bear skunk. You're paying money to see that fucking movie, and you goddamn know it. <laughs> Thanks, sci-fi. Yeah, bear skunk. Copyright 2019, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. You're not getting that roll iron zeering. This one belongs to me, you son of a bitch. got that. And I like you threw Faustino on the bus. He's got to get on board now. Uh, That's Bud Bundy, Todd, if you didn't know that. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, It was a fun show. Uh, We will be back with another... Dude, it's... we gotta it's coming st- in October, man. we got to start our march towards Halloween, so we're going to do another horror movie next. And next. and hey, I'd like to get at least three in Halloween. Let's go. We have a busy October. Halloween. We're going to be gone for Drew Estate uh, events for a l- big chunk of that. But we're going to do it. Uh, so thank you very much. Hope you had fun. Uh, obviously, you won't be camping anytime soon. <laughs> if you go, gun. <laughs> or bazooka. Or bazooka hey, gun. What about this one? Map. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, thank you for your support. We love you. May the wings of liberty <clears throat> never, never lose a feather. Sayonara, motherfuckers. To learn more about the time I fired a stolen military bazooka at a small panda bear at the San Diego Zoo, please go back and read the cover story of the March 21, 1993 San Diego Union-Tribune special news report entitled, Who Let This Asshole Into the Zoo? Yep, that's me on the cover, your favorite lovable podcast narrator guy. Everyone wants to eat at Panda Express, but nobody ever wants to know how the panda sausage is actually made. I was set up, goddammit. If you only knew how deep this story really goes. And once again, Keith has said too much. So, in the meantime... 
To learn more about the cigars and other libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit CigarHustler.com and BearRepublic.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'BrienStemple.com and download their free smartphone app, where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Go to sleep, I get up. Go to work, get drunk. Go to sleep, I get up.